Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Thank you guys for the download, for the stream, for the listen to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. And I need you to be there for me. I need you to be there with me this Tuesday night, October 24th, New York City. Come out, show out, and let's represent this podcast. Bubba Ray Dudley, Bully Ray, is going to be with me at the Highline Ballroom this Tuesday night in New York City. It's October 24th, and tickets are on sale at HighlineBallroom.com. Make sure all of you are there. It's the first time that Bully Ray is appearing live anywhere since he may or may not have retired from professional wrestling as we know it. I'll be the first to talk to him. You will be the first ones to hear it if you're at the Highline Ballroom this Tuesday night, October 24th. We're going to have Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast merch there. I'm going to have copies of Second Nature signed by Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair. They're autographed by both of them, and I'm going to be giving them away. All of it going on this Tuesday night, October 24th, HighlineBallroom.com for tickets to see me, to see Bully Ray, and now... It's on with the show. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Going to be a busy one this week, folks. Going to be a busy podcast. Thank you for the download. Welcome. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, and first and foremost, thank you all for for the support and for being a part of the of the uh, Bret Hart Eric Bischoff drama that unfolded over this podcast over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, I'm trying to give you guys what you want. I'm trying to hear you guys on Twitter, listen to what you're looking for, and and deliver as far as a wrestling podcast goes. And that's what I wanted to do. You know. Bret Hart comes out a couple weeks ago. The podcast comes out, and you never know what parts of these interviews are going to stick with who, but one could assume that the things he said specifically about Eric Bischoff would. Um, They did, and a lot of people reacted to it. A lot of wrestling websites picked it up. A lot of people on Twitter talked about it. Uh, A lot of people on Reddit were talking about it, and it's like, cool. If that's the conversation you guys are interested in, let's extend it. And I immediately reached out to my pal Court Bauer, at the MLW Network, and said, hey, man, what's Eric Bischoff up to, and does he want to come on the podcast? Does he want to talk about what we were talking about with Bret Hart? And and he put us in contact, and obviously Eric did, and I ended up having a great hour or so long conversation with Eric Bischoff following the hour or so long conversation with Bret Hart the week before. Uh, And it was just, I I was happy with it as a set of podcasts. Um, I think most of you got what was going on. There was one mention, like, and when I was talking to Bret Hart a couple weeks ago, I said, uh, Bret was talking about guys not selling and this new style of wrestling, and I brought up New Japan. And some people took that the wrong way. Some people took that as me saying that I don't think the people in New Japan sell, which is not correct. I mean, anybody that listens to this podcast knows that I don't watch New Japan every single week, 
but when they have big events, when they're broadcast live here in the States, the Wrestle Kingdom shows, whatever they are, I'll, I watch them, and I talk about them here on the podcast, and generally talk about how impressed I am. The only things that I really say are wrong with New Japan have to do with production value. You don't see me, hear me, trashing New Japan wrestling, and, and I don't think that the guys over there don't sell. I think that they're doing a tremendous job, but I think that there is a, an idea that they that they don't sell. I mean, the whole debate came up in that Ricochet-Will Ospreay match not too long ago. That was a New Japan match. That was the one that Vader was tweeting about, and this whole debate kind of got started. So that's more what I was referencing, that debate and where it started. I certainly wasn't trying to take a shot at New Japan, so if it came across that way, uh, it wasn't intended to. And I, I think that most of you get it, though. Very busy podcast this week because uh, I want to keep delivering with what you guys want. I got some tweets during the week. Not even that many, but it, this was something that I had wanted to do for a while. You guys know every now and then I like to have a guest with me for the state of wrestling. As a matter of fact, on, on Tuesday night when we do the podcast live at the Highline Ballroom on October 24th with Bully Ray, I'm going to have Bully Ray stick around and do state of wrestling with me so we can not only talk about his career but also get his take on what's going on in current day sports entertainment. And I'll just say this, I'm not above editing, okay? I don't know what is going to be said between myself and Bully Ray when we're in front of a live audience uh, Tuesday, October 24th at the Highline Ballroom, but if I have to edit it before I air it back, trust me, I will. Uh, your best bet is to hear it all live. And I will be giving away tickets to that show, by the way. I will tell you later on on this episode how you can win tickets if you want to get them for free, or you can buy them at HighlineBallroom.com. So, this week I also have a special guest uh, in the state of wrestling, which we will get to and I will talk about uh, in the bridge segment. But before we get there, my guest this week is Robbie E. Now, Robbie E., um, he's a guy who, it's really, really interesting. I find Robbie E. to be a, a fascinating individual because he's been in the game for quite a while. You know, he popped up in TNA a long time ago, and he's always consistent, and he's always booked, but he's never in the conversation for the best this, the best that, and I don't even know if he wants to be. He's never in the conversation for, like, you know, oh, who do you want to see go to WWE, or who's next on the list, or whatever it is. Like, that's not him, but maybe that's the way he wants it. I don't know. Um, Well, at least I didn't know. Until I talk to him, Robbie E. I've been I've been friendly and with him for a while. I've been pals with him for a while, just because as a guy, I think he's kind of out of his mind. He he loves free stuff. He has no idea what's going on in the world. And last time I talked to him, he was just a guy who liked going to the gym and he liked going to his wrestling shows, and that was it. And then I turn around and I look at Instagram, and he's got first he's got a steady girlfriend. Then he's got a pregnant girlfriend. Now he's got twins. And it's kind of amazing that he's become this dad guy because it's not something I would have pegged for Robbie E. I, w- I would have thought that his life would go differently than the way it has, uh, especially as quickly as it did. But he really seems to have taken to it, and I wanted to get the update from him. I had this interview on the books before he left TNA. So this wasn't like, oh, Robbie E's out of TNA. Let me get this interview. But... I mean, once he was out of TNA, I was like, "Why? what happened there? Because I spoke to Robbie E. off the record not long, and obviously he knows I'm talking to you guys about it when I say off the record, but 
not too long uh, before he announced he was leaving TNA, I talked to him, and he was kind of excited about getting back on Impact TV. He was excited about rebranding his character and 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 coming back as not something entirely different, but just not coming back as such the Jersey Shore, you know, Robbie E guy, but 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 reinventing Robbie E a little bit. And then the next thing I know, he's not a part of Impact Wrestling anymore. So I wanted to talk to him about that, but what ended up happening is that we talked about the things that I find funniest about him, which is his obsession with getting free things, his lack of knowledge uh, uh, of anything going on in the world outside of wrestling, and everything that makes Robbie E. Robbie E. I think Robbie E. is a goldmine. And I think as far as that personality of his goes, just him being himself doesn't need too much of a character with it. And I think at some point, you know, a promotion is going to figure out, whether it's because you think he's annoying or you think he's just like your buddy you went to high school with or you think he's funny or whatever it is. I think his personality is one that that people will react to. You tell me how you react to him. Uh, I feel like you're going to get to know him a little better this week here on the podcast because he is my guest, ladies and gentlemen, Robbie E. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. With me now is a guy who I haven't sat down and like done a, had a recorded conversation with in probably only like a couple years. But in that couple years, if you're going based on life events, it kind of feels like just looking at Instagram, it was a lifetime ago. When I talked to Robbie E on my show last, you were single, you cared about nothing. Like the whole point of having you in was to talk about you know, kind of world events that you had no idea of because your life was just being a single dude and it was wrestling and going to the gym and whatever was in between your house and the gym. Like you said, like if they built a new whatever, uh, 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 7-Eleven between your house and the gym, you would know about that. Or if they built a new, if they put a new machine in at the gym, you would know about that. But other than that, you had no knowledge of anything and you had no real responsibility. And now I turn around and look at you, and you're a father, you've got twins, you've got a wife, and you're calling me from your driveway so that you can escape the crying babies, which I can relate to. Uh, Robbie E., what's the haps? Hey, um, well, it, it, it's good to be back, bro. I know we, we have talked, but nothing on air. But I mean, hey, my life is basically the same as it was before I was married, before I had kids. It's just now I take the kids everywhere with me. Granted, yes, I do have more responsibility as, you know, I can't let anything happen to my children. But as far as, like, the things I do in life and the things that I care about, bro, it's exactly the same. I go to the gym, they come to the gym with me. I go tanning, they hang out with the girl at the front desk at the tanning salon that knows me, and she babysits them for free. I go to the food store... And they come, and everyone says how cute they are, and I try to get them over in the food store to try and get free stuff. Like, it's the same. I, I'm the same, man. They just, you know, I hang out with, with two babies now. So you're, using, <laughs> you're just, like, using the kids to carny your way into other free stuff. 
Well, I mean, it's let me if you if I took you on a little walk around the nursery, mm-hmm. you, anything I would just say, hey, point to anything in here, and I'll tell you if I paid for it or not. <laughs> I probably paid for about two, two things in that nursery, and there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Let me tell you, I love the idea that like. You still go tanning because I've thought about that. We have a kid and he's he's seven months old and we just have one. I can't imagine having twins. But like, you know, if I have to go to the post office, I'm like, okay, let me let me figure this out. I got to plan this. I got to make sure I go at a time when blah blah blah. But you actually like still go to the tanning salon and just have the lady at the front desk babysit while you're tanning like will you call ahead and say hey i'm coming with a kid can you watch him for me or will you just show up and say oh do you think and just give him like cutie pie eyes and go do you think you could just watch, uh, well, watch the kid while i while i tan well i know kind of said i know everyone there been going so long i kind of know the schedule and who's there when and when i could go and everything um plus to be fair i don't tan as much as I used to because now as I'm getting older, I'm about to be 34, I'm kind of like slowly looking at my skin and seeing like weird lines and weird places and saying like, is that from tanning? Is that spot from tanning? So I will admit I am kind of slowly pulling back on tanning. So I'm not there as often. But when I do go, like I know that Jane is there on Tuesdays, Michelle's there on Thursdays. Like I know who's there and when they're there. So I don't know if that's really cool or really pathetic, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. But see, there you go. You are changing. Like you are, you do, you are changing in the sense that, uh, that, you don't tan as often. Like you're, you're actually aware of consequences that could exist. But I guess the, it has to happen to you, right? It's not like one of those things where you read an article and you're like, "Oh, I got to change my life." It's it's if you if you physically notice something on you, then you'd be like, "Oh, that's weird. Maybe I should tan less." Yeah. Well, um, I but I definitely don't read articles because I don't read. Period. So <laughs> that <laughs> that I definitely wouldn't hear wouldn't hear about it that way. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if it's right there in my face, I guess, maybe, all right. But, yeah, I'm not, like, researching things to, like, you know, see what's going on in the world in any way. And I still, if you're going to hit me and talk to me about um, important stuff going on or politics or anything, the most I could give you right now is that Trump is the president. I mean, anywhere from there, who who the vice president is or who's under him or what's going on in Syria or China, or if there is stuff going on there, I have no clue, bro. But you do know that Trump is the president. I 1,000% know that Trump is the president. But, I mean, you really can't not know that. You know, everyone talks about it too much. I guess will he be president another term? Like, is this going to be four years, or is it going to be eight? What do you think? Well, I mean, some people don't know if he'll make it all four. It's like, like yeah, some people are either trying to get him uh, thrown out of office, or some people think he's going to just tap out after, like, Two years, like, I think the question right now is, will he make it to four? And then once we're like three years in, then we can start talking about, is he really going to do a second term? So I, I, like that, that to me right now is the question, is, is, is will he be able to finish out one term? Does that make sense to you? Well, yeah, yeah, and I, I've actually heard that two people saying he might get kicked out early. But even if he did, if they can him or he finishes whatever, do you think that they'll ever be a president again that's just like a, a no-name guy? Or do you think presidents from now on will all be like movie stars or singers or that kind of stuff? Now now that he got in and he was like famous already, do you think like the next will be people are saying The Rock? Or like do you think it's always going to be a known person now? Well, you want to believe, right? Because so many people are against Trump. Some people are for Trump, but like you want to believe 
that people are going to be like, no, we have to get back to what we did before. But I always thought like the reason why when Trump was running for president, I kind of enjoyed it is to me, I thought even if he's not the greatest guy in the world for the gig, we need something that's going to change things up. Like we just need a shakeup. So like, like there's no way that we just go back after four years to exactly what happened before. Like there, it just can't happen. I mean, the fact that Hillary Clinton didn't win will tell you that whether people support Trump or not, they wanted something different. So I think either way, it's going to be something drastically different. We're either going to, it's either going to be another celebrity or you're going to need to find somebody that's like young and charismatic and is speaking a language that people can relate to to run for president. It's not going to be the, the same stuffy old people anymore because that's not going to work, I don't think. Has your, has your life changed in any way from when it was Trump as president or Obama or the Bush uh, junior dude before him <laughs> or Clinton before him? Okay, has so you your know, life changed in any way? First of all, I'm surprised that you know some presidents. That's pretty good. That's, that's actually pretty impressive. Um, He's the only president that I'll know, but I have to think for a second. But only president. But uh, no, I mean, I'm I'm now I'm a homeowner as of like a month ago. So I think that's when things start to really make a difference. That's when you're just like in your 20s and renting apartments and things like that. Uh, I don't think you really see anything. But I think you're going to see something too, right? Like because I have a kid too, uh, as of this year. So I think when you're a parent, when you're a homeowner, when stuff like that starts happening, that's when. I think the people who are in office at least have an opportunity to affect some kind of change in your life. Like the life that you were leading, for example, before all this, you know, if, if, if your life is just simply going tanning, trying to scam free stuff and wrestling, then I think short of somebody causing a world war, not much is going to change your life. You know, did you vote? No, I didn't vote because I feel but I'm not knowledgeable enough to know who should be in charge. <laughs> right. So I don't want to vote for the wrong person, so I don't go. Right, because do worse than not voting is being incorrect, right? Yeah, that's what I tell my wife, because she said that I should vote, and I say, I don't, I'm going to go in there, and I don't know who I'm, I don't know, it's like I'm just, you know, eeny, meeny, money mo. That's Plus, not fair, I'd rather just not vote. Well, honestly, it's like, if I know you, and you're in the voting booth, and they're like, who do you want to vote for, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump? You're like, well, I don't know too much about Hillary Clinton, but I remember Donald Trump from WrestleMania, so I guess Donald Trump, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, exactly. like exactly. that's the one that relates to you the most. So how, how is the president, how does the president affect my house and kids? Because I'm a house owner also, obviously, now father, so you said house and kids. I mean, he has something to do with taxes, well, actually, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. The president does does indeed have something to do with taxes. Yeah, the rate at which people are taxed, the way tax money is spent, the amount of tax money that comes in. I mean, especially as like an independent contractor, which you are, tax laws are everything. You know, you you don't even get the luxury that a lot of people have of having their taxes taken out of their check. You have to settle up with the IRS at the end of the year and figure everything out. Um, and that's definitely. Something that the, the president and, and the economy tend to go hand in hand. And, you know, you got kids. you got to make money. Have you become fiscally more responsible? Like, has your, has your attitude about money changed? Well, my attitude about money was always good. I've always, that's pretty much the one thing I always have been good with is 
how I spend my money, how I use it, and how I get it. That's true. What, so what do you? So the, the tax thing, though, you're saying. So the president, what? I mean, a few hundred bucks here or there. Is whichever dude is in charge is gonna maybe I'll save a few hundred, lose a few hundred. Is it really that big of a deal affecting my life? Well, it depends. Like if you start making. A lot of money, for example, if you not to say you aren't, but let's say you, you know, you you start to enter into higher tax brackets, you know, the higher tax brackets you go, the more money you're paying. And stereotypically, a Democratic president, for example, uh, believes in in heavily taxing uh, people that are making more money, whereas a Republican president tends to believe that uh, more money should be given to the wealthy so that they can spend it. And, uh, and and the money trickles down a little bit, which I think that you would fall more in line with that you don't take my money, let me trickle it down. See, when you, I, I'm going to, uh, when you just said Democrat or Republican, I completely got, I so, don't know the difference between the two, and then I got, I was thinking about them, and I didn't even hear the rest of the, no, whatever I, you said. I get that. I, too, it's too it's much. Over my head. It's too much. Do you know if Donald Trump is a Republican or a Democrat? I have zero clue. I'll just take a guess for it. Republican? You got it, dude. You got it. Right? It, was, it, was, it was the first one you said. <laughs> so you had no clue. Hey, Do you know who the uh, who the vice you know who the vice president is? The last vice president that I know for sure right. that was a vice president is Dan Quayle. Okay, That's that the was last name I remember being a vice president. That was a few. That was that was a few ago. You remember Al Gore? I'm sure you remember Al Gore. I've heard the name, but I didn't know. I didn't know if he was a mayor or a president. Or right, right. Has it turned? You didn't know he might have been the mayor of of a town in New Jersey. You don't know. He was actually he was he was Bill Clinton's vice president. Well, there you go. Who all knew? Right. Who knew? Man. So do you, are you? So you're not? Are you worried at all about the uh, the conflict right now between uh, North Korea and 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 us? Uh, Donald Trump is, is talking about you know because North Korea is testing missiles. Yeah, I mean, come on, bro. Like, there's more going on in the Twitter world than North Korea. I mean, is, is, is the missile going to hit my house in, in the Jersey Shore area? I mean, come on. You're more you're more worried about what's going on on Twitter right now than the missiles. <laughs> well, actually, I am worried about. Um, there is supposed to be like bad rain over the next few days, so I am worried about like because I live on the water, like going out back and tying up some of my stuff on my deck and stuff to make sure it don't like if the water comes over the dock, like coming in. So I am a little worried about that. I have been, plus I have a show in Puerto Rico this weekend. Well, now it just got canceled. Yeah, you're not going to Puerto Rico this weekend. What's that? You're not going to Puerto Rico this weekend. No, it's already got canceled, my flight and everything. So I was actually into the news about that because I had to check the weather to see if I was going to fly or not to figure out my weekend. So now I can find another booking because I, you know, got to do, I got to wrestle somewhere this weekend. I can't just sit home. Right, because that's your money. So did your wife watch the news at all? Um, yeah, I mean, not like, oh, religiously, oh my God, if it's five o'clock, the news has to go on, but she knows everything going on, whether it's from online stuff or the TV being on. I mean, she's a lot more normal in the world than I am. So what do you and your wife have in common? Like, what do you, what do you guys talk about? Uh, well, God, that's a good question. <laughs> it's pretty bad to have an answer here. Hey, you ever hear, you ever hear uh, the saying that opposites attract? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, well, I'm kind of going with that. We're but like, but somehow we uh, we work well together. <laughs> but when you like, like if you sit down for dinner, like what do you talk about? Like, do you just like go over the free things that you got or the bookings that you have coming up, or do you actually like have convers- uh, conversations? 
No, God, no. We don't talk about wrestling in my house. She hates wrestling. But what she we hates it. Lo- you I have mean, like maybe. you have three interests in the world, and one of them is wrestling, and she hates it. <laughs> we talk about baby stuff. No, okay. We talk about, I might like tell her about my day. Like, hey, I hit up these ten baby clothes companies, and eight of them got back to me. So we're getting this stuff sent. Currently, we're planning their first birthday party, so we have to share ideas and stuff about that. Okay. Maybe uh, things we're doing around the house, you know, we'll talk about that kind of stuff. So think- I mean, we've been together on and off for over twelve years. Okay. So I mean, you know how that is, bro. Yeah. No, you guys. Yeah, you guys know each other, and it's not like you're you're sitting there getting to know each other. Like you know, you have you you know who each other are. So now it's just time to deal with the day to day. So what do you like? Reach out to the baby clothes companies and say like, hey, you know, I'm Robbie E. I'm a wrestler on TV. Um, you know, this could be really good on social media. I post photos of the kids all the time. Like, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, exactly that. I pretty much have the same thing, and I just copy and paste it. <laughs> basically, me making my making myself sound a hell of a lot more important than I am. Right. You know, I'll talk about the amazing race. I'm doing this new muscle and fitness thing. I'm a role model, and yeah, I'll blast your pictures. Blah blah blah. You say but you're really you, just copy and paste and just change the name. You tell them you're a role model. I mean, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I love that because you know a lot of times, a lot of times you know uh, 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 people just know you're a role model. You don't just say, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know I'm a role model." So you might want to send me some free stuff because as a role model, I can convince kids to just buy whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the stone skin of it, man. Just reminding them that you know I am a role model. You know. Yeah, you're a role model, but uh, according to what I've read. You're not uh, exactly a role model for Impact Wrestling anymore. Last time I talked to you off the air, we were talking about it, and even though you hadn't been on TV in a while, you kind of seemed happy with Impact, and you seemed optimistic about where things were going, and then I feel like I turned around, and the next thing I know, you're uh, it's announced online that you're not in the company anymore. So uh, what went down? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that is true. So I am... Um done with impact wrestling it was over seven years and our relationship has come to an end i mean basically man listen i am i and other people um before you have asked me about it and you know people want to get dirt and hear negative stuff and i really can't say anything bad like i hate to be lame with the answer but like without impact there really was no robbie e like they gave me the platform you know i never would have traveled the world i never would have been on a reality show i never would have been on tv possibly at all if it wasn't for TNA, Impact, Global Force, whatever you want to call it. So, like, I'm thankful for, for, you know, for them and to them. But basically it just came to the point where it's like, I, you know, I'm, I just turned 34 years old. And, you know, I got a family, I got kids. You, you've heard it before. And it's just now with new people in charge, my contract kind of changed over to, like, the more you work, the more money you got. And oh. he, for some reason, I haven't really been working very much lately, so it's kind of to the point where I just feel like there's way more Robbie E to offer than, um, you know, than the opportunities that I'm getting. So it is what it is. I just kind of had to say goodbye. So that, that that and it wasn't easy, but yeah, I mean, I kind of get it. Like so, so basically, the deal that Impact was offering you now under this new management, and by the way, like as long as you've been there, it's been. The new, 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 new management. Old, new, old, new, new management. Yeah. But but the deal that, that was on the table for you, if I'm understanding this right, is an exclusive deal so that you're not running around doing 
whatever you want to do, but it's not exclusive money, meaning there's no downside to it. There's just, you get paid for the dates, and if we don't use you, you don't get paid, but you can't go and do whatever else you want if we're not using you. Is that right? That's pretty much it, yeah. And, I mean, if you really look back to the last seven, eight months, you know, Robbie E's really been non-existent in Impact Wrestling. So I can't take the risk that moving forward it's still going to be like that. So I got to explore some other opportunities, you know? Why would, why would, I don't understand why anybody would take that deal to tell you the, the truth. Do you think that that deal was offered to you because they didn't, they didn't want you to take it? Meaning, you know, they don't want to be the bad guys and release you, but they want to offer you a deal? Because that happens in companies, wrestling and otherwise where they offer you a deal that makes no sense to take. Because as you tell me this, I'm like, okay, exclusive, but no guaranteed money. I don't understand anybody, like, why they would well, it, sign it's that. Only, it's only exclusive in, in the sense that you can't do anything else, you know, other TV companies. Right, okay. You can still do independence and stuff, but still, I mean, if you're not trying to be in the big leagues, it's, it's you know, like, I'm still wasting away my time. And, uh, but yeah, the deal doesn't make sense to anyone with experience or that has, um, a little star power to their name, but for like a new guy coming in for an opportunity, it's great because gotcha. they don't care. They just want to be on TV. They'll take the risk. You know what I mean? Gotcha. But for an established guy like myself, who I feel like I have more to offer and obviously you got family, you got bills to pay. Um, that's it. You know, it, it doesn't make sense. And so that's, that's the, that's the, that's that rough thing you get to, right? Like that's the weird transition of like that's the downside to having been doing this for a while in your case is that like when you're a kid and you're just starting out and you get a deal it's like there's no such thing as a bad deal they're all good deals but now all of a sudden this deal that you know okay five years ago I'd be like hell yeah this I'm definitely taking this deal I get to go work for impact yeah. I get to be on TV yeah and you have to kind of come to terms in your head with Okay, realistically, because now you're at this place, right, where you have to figure out realistically what makes the most sense for you because either the, the two scary options are you sign a deal that you shouldn't have signed and now you're not able to grow the way you should have grown. But on the other end, if you think that you're better than you actually are or you think that you're more experienced than you actually are, you end up not signing a deal that you should sign. It, it must get very, very complicated once you get a certain level of experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And, like, for this, I mean, like I said, it's always hard to actually say, oh, my God, like, I may never wrestle for Impact again. We're done forever. Like, I have so many memories there. But the thing is, it's like, it is what it is. It, it really was a no-brainer. Like, I mean, wrestle, pro wrestling, I mean, really anything, succeeding in anything in life is all about confidence. And I always say wrestling is about confidence inside and outside of the ring and i am confident enough that like at my real life rob strauss my personality robbie e i have a lot to offer where i will find myself i don't know where it'll be but i will find myself somewhere um doing something where like and it's, it's not that i wasn't appreciated but just where like i'm just used a lot more and i'm mm -hmm. in a role where i feel you know that i have a lot more longevity you know what i'm saying now do you feel like and and you know I know I'm not I, I'm I'm saying AJ Styles just because it popped in my head at first, but I don't think that you're comparing yourself with AJ Styles. But AJ Styles, for example, and other guys like him, guys that went from TNA to WWE, it seemed like there was this period of time after they left TNA 
where they had to cleanse themselves a little bit. They had to go do something else to prove their value, and then they were able to move on to the next step. And that's the same thing for for Bobby Roode, who had to have this run in NXT before he showed up in WWE. And and anybody that's really... Samoa Joe had to kind of be away from TNA for a while before he popped onto the scene. Um, do you plan right now, like in your head, is the idea that you're going to go on the indies and kind of reinvent yourself? Because I know you wanted to reinvent yourself in Impact regardless of of this like you wanted to reinvent yourself before this do you do you see this as your moment to 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 be rob strauss instead of you know the, this robbie yeah, well, e character there's always a little bit of robbie e in me because it is who i am but yeah like i think people along the way and i know i've talked about you know this before i've just like forgotten that i can actually wrestle and i'm like right. a comedy guy and a funny guy and a girl robbie e who always loses which is cool too hey whatever but <laughs> as long as you remember me. But, you know, I, I do think um, it's time that maybe I step up my game a little bit more. And hopefully, you know, now wrestling into new promotions, wrestling around the world more. I'm going to do some more international stuff. I think it's a chance to, like, oh, man, that was, you know, good match. That wasn't just funny. Like, I forgot Robbie could do cool stuff and he could wrestle. So I'm hoping to get a little more out of that to show a different side of myself. That's my short-term goal. And then my long-term goal is to keep getting free stuff. Right. So. Well, of course. And I want to get right back to that free stuff in a second, but because that's that's honestly what this whole thing is all about. That that is as much as this is a wrestling podcast, I feel like I would rather host a get free stuff podcast. But um, well, the first thing I said, like when I was like signing my my you know release, was basically just saying to myself, "Oh my god!" Like now I can't say I wrestle on TV anymore. Officially, <laughs> like that could be. It's like, to my wife, I'm like, Dave, is that, like, how can I reword that so it still seems like I'm a somebody to get some free shit? <laughs> so, so is there any place uh, uh, specific, whether it's short-term or long-term, like, now that you've had a little bit of time to process this in your head, are there spots that you want to wrestle in in this phase of your career that you haven't before, like... And it's not necessarily just like, yeah, I want to go to WWE and be in WrestleMania, or I want to see what NXT is all about. But there's lots of spots now. There's Ring of Honor in New Japan, of course. There's even, like, Pro Wrestling Gorilla down in Reseda. Like, are, is there an organization or a spot that you're like, you know, I, I want to just, now that I have the ability to try things, I want to try that. I mean, it's not to have whatever again a lame answer but i want to do anything and everything so if i haven't done it and it's uh you know a big place with some popularity where it could help my name value maybe i could help it also i'm in you know what i mean i just i want to do anything and everything uh just to show that difference out of myself you know yeah do you, is there a, is there a a first big re-emergence into the world planned or are you just going to kind of go back to business as usual since you've been you've been working consistently regardless um, no, just, you know, I, I still have, I'm booked out all through the new year already. Wow. So I think by the new year, I'm in talks now with a few different places that are a little bigger and places that you wouldn't see that be wrestling. So when I get there, I think that's the time to, uh, show the new Robbie E. Well, hopefully the new Robbie E is going to get a lot of free stuff too. Dude, I, like, please pray for me. Because <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all I got. You know what I mean? That's why it's like, hey, don't you want to wrestle at WrestleMania? And I do. But the wrestler's life is... Living a wrestler's life is so cool. You do nothing during the week. You play on the weekends. Like, I just want to be able to say that a, a pro wrestler is my job until I'm, like, 90. So, yeah, do I want to wrestle on WrestleMania? Yeah, of course. But, 
my main goal always to just was able to make a good living from professional wrestling. So I just want to make sure I continue living this easy, fun, like childhood kid life that I live. Hey, uh, real quick before I forget, I want, I didn't really get to say congrats because we haven't talked much. Congrats to you on having a kid. And do you think time flies as much as I think time flies? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. And, and those listening that have a kid, I'm sure would agree, but like, it's, it's pretty nuts, especially when you start to get to milestones, like, crawling or like pulling himself up or whatever and you're like just a, a second ago this was just a, a thing that that had no expressions and was just this this baby you know what i mean and and now when you watch these 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 beings become full-on people it's amazing and it is amazing how how quickly it goes and how big they get and and how it's like we're already into seven months and and life just keeps happening you know like my one of my best friends just had a kid and we went and saw it and I'm like my kids are a little over ten months now and I look at this, this kid is like two weeks old and I'm like there's no way my kids were that small like I already am like that seems like a lifetime ago that they were that small yeah like it's you, bizarre man like what you like you like I, I we were driving around and uh, I was looking at like a, a, a couple with a baby. And I go like, oh yeah, we have a baby too. And I looked at our baby, and like our baby's twice the size. And I go, oh my god, like I, we don't have a newborn anymore. How big was uh, your kid when it was born? Nine and a half pounds. He was, he was big. Wow. Wow. Well, see, I had twins, and ours were almost six, and they said that it was actually really good for twins. But like, so my, my kids were over three pounds less than yours. That's oh man, that's crazy. But you had two of them. So so. Have you so your life hasn't really changed? You're not necessarily prioritizing things differently because I guess you, if you've always been about making money and getting free stuff and and things like that, as long as you're now directing the money to the kids and directing the free stuff to the kids, which you are, you're kind of all set up, right? Yeah. Well, I have my schedule with them every day. I wake up, I go to the gym, they come with me to the gym, come up. Well, the, what works out the best is that I usually travel. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. and my wife, she travels for her work a lot, so she a lot is away, like, Monday through Thursday. So we end up passing each other. So, like, we, number one, we don't need daycare, so we don't have to spend money on daycare. Plus, you know, our kids don't have to be watched by someone else, so we always get to do it, which that that is, like, the number one thing for us, the fact that we're not passing them off to someone else. And then, um, yeah, it just works out so good with our travel schedules that we just – always get to have coverage for them. So yeah. I'm alone with them a lot for full days, and then she is also. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so what do you do with the kids at the gym? Like, do you just kind of sit them down on the ground in their car seats or whatever and, and do your thing? Oh, uh, no, they're in the daycare. Oh. So like we're friends with the owners of the gym, and they're in the daycare now. Like you said, I mean, well, mine are over 10 months, so they're crawling and standing right. and starting to walk. So, like, they're they're all over the place in there. And there's not a lot of kids. It's not like crazy now that school's back, so like they're they're very hands on and they're with them and everything. So yeah, I mean they they like going there. I'm usually in and out in like an hour. That's the one thing I shortened up a little bit too. I'm not at the gym for like six hours. I like condensed it and I actually sweat now and I like move quicker and I'm in and out in an hour for them. You know, <laughs> right? So I can't leave them too long. Did you get the hookup at the daycare? Come on, bro. Well, it comes <laughs> with the free membership at the gym. <laughs> of course, that's that's important. <laughs> Didn't you see my Instagram post earlier today? Didn't you see me tag a gym? I mean, come on. Why do you think I'm tagging out for no reason? Yeah, <laughs> a, yeah, yeah. For people to follow Robbie on Instagram, don't think he's just, like, tagging his friends. Like, there's a reason. Those tags don't come for free. 
But then also, I mean, I this is why did you see the dad bod destroyer thing that I created? No, tell me. So basically, um, muscle and fitness. Muscle and fitness originally reached out to me, and I did an article on me after I did the Amazing Race about you know how I prepared for the race and stayed fit during the race. And then after that on and off, you know, they did one on me about wrestling and. They always stay in contact with me to see new things going on in my life. So after I had baby twins, they contacted me and they said, hey, you, we see you're still fit. Would you be interested in doing these weekly dad videos to show how dads could stay fit? So we talked. They told me about it. And I said, of course, like I'm perfect for this. They wanted an over-the-top character. So basically now every Monday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern, on their all of their social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on their website, I am the hashtag dad bod destroyer and I do like a minute well a minute video for Instagram and everything else about a minute and a half to two minute video doing an exercise with my babies um, whether I'm using them or they're there watching me where you could entertain and, and keep your babies happy while getting a workout in. So one week I might be doing you know 10, 10 sets of 20 reps of dumbbell curls but instead of using dumbbells I'm using my babies as dumbbells. <laughs> or the next week shoulders I'm doing shoulder presses with my babies or when I'm walking them in the stroller instead of just walking them I'm doing lunges just all different things and it's a different video each week because let's face it um, not all but I would say so many dads like at least the guys I went to high school with you know once they become married and a dad you see me a year later and they just look different right like, there's no way to describe it they, they just look like a dad right and and the one thing that I said is no matter what, and my wife said it too, when we have kids, you know, we're still going to stay fit and lead a healthy, fit lifestyle. So these videos are a way for dads to have no excuse to, to get some exercise in, even if they still want to spend time with their kids, if that's their excuse why they can't. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and it makes sense. So did you start re – how quickly – uh, was it when your wife was pregnant? Was it right from the beginning? Was it after you had the kids? Did you realize that now having these twins would be a whole new set of not responsibilities but opportunities? Like they, they, there was all this n new stuff that you were going to get to do having a couple of babies and being a dad. Um, well, yeah, I, 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 my one goal with them is that, yeah, I mean, I want them, I want them to be famous. I want them to be <laughs> awesome, right? famous. If they have famous names. I mean, they're Cash and Carter. I mean, can't you just see that in movies? And you know, they're, they're Cash and Carter. I love, I mean, you know? but it's just so, so funny to hear like a parent go like, "Well, my one goal for these two kids <laughs> is that they become famous." <laughs> I mean, but if you really think about it, is it a bad goal? I mean, I want my kids to have a great life and be famous. I mean, yeah. you know, like no. I mean, you're pretty famous. Do you like it? Of course I like it. But, I mean, I, I feel like I got a pretty easy life. I got a lot of free stuff. I have no worries in the world. I know that Dan Quell was vice president. Right. I mean, I think I got a good thing going on. So do you ever worry that, like, okay, let's say you were released from TNA or, or, or Impact or whatever, or when you're not on TV for however many weeks, like, do you worry that if you're not on TV anymore, you won't be able, not so much like I'll lose that job, but... I'll lose the ability to call up companies and be like, hey, you know, I'm this wrestler on TV and I'm a role model. Can I get some free things? No, because most of the people that I contact, I mean, do you really think a baby company that I contact really even knows what 
TNA or Impact Wrestling or, or just pro wrestling is. No, they just say, oh, you're famous? Okay, cool. I'll send you <laughs> stuff. Like, it's someone's job at every company to, like, send out, like, free stuff to get posts. Plus, my following won't change. No right. matter what, I'm still going to have this, you know, a high amount of Twitter followers and Instagram followers. So you're good. So they look real quick and they say, yeah, what's it going to hurt to send this guy some stuff? Have you thought about, and I don't know if this would screw up your game in terms of getting stuff, but have you thought about doing lessons for people on how to get free stuff, like doing a YouTube series? Like, forget about the dad bod thing. Like, doing a YouTube series on how you can turn any following into free things. Because, like, you know, I feel like I have a following and I feel like you get way more free stuff than I get. Well, I probably have way more free time to contact people. I'm sure you could get just as much free stuff. <laughs> like, believe it or not, I actually have thought about that. Yeah. And not just that, basically just making yourself be and seem more important than you are. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's not very, sadly, in 2017 with social media and stuff, it's so easy to people for people to get a perception of you. Like, I make sure, like, in my local town that all, like, the local newspapers regularly do articles on me <laughs> and all the places that I regularly go, like restaurants and stores and gyms. I make sure that people look at me there. Like I'm this big star. Do you, you know what I'm saying? When you, when you send these emails to whether it's to the newspapers or to the companies or whatever, do you send them even though you're writing them from like a fake assistant? Cause I know some people are like, they'll write their own emails, but they'll be like, Hey, I represent Robbie E and blah, blah, blah. Or do you just fess up with the fact that it's actually you? Yeah, you know, I've thought about doing that, but no, I do it straight for me um, because I feel like with some of them, I think it's better because I write it very, like, non-professional. I write it very, even though it's copy and paste and I'm not even paying attention, <laughs> but it's written very, like, like I'm down to earth, like, hey, what's going on? Like, I don't, like, want to have this perfect, like, corporate email. I like to do it where it's like, wow, this guy's, like, really reaching out and he's got a good heart and blah, 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 blah. He's going to help, but you know what I mean? So what... what... Oh, God, we're... What gives you what gives you a like the the rush like what what is the thing that you're like yeah this is what it's all about is it going out to the ring and having a great match is it wrestling on pay per view is it or is it finding the right company and getting like something amazing for free it's being away three or four days and then coming home and seeing a pile of boxes outside my <laughs> door and just saying yes it's like, for me. For me, it's like it's Christmas a few days a week because I get so much free stuff that I forget what I even order and stuff and get. So when I come home and there's 10 boxes, I don't know what they are. So, like, it's fun to open them. And it's it's really, it's like I'm a kid at a candy store. It's like Christmas at my house a few days a week. Man, well, I, 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 should, I guess I should take this moment to say anybody listening to the podcast that wants to, like, give free stuff to me reach out to me because I would accept it, right? Do you think that'll work if I just say, hey, anybody that's listening that wants, like, promo for their company? Now, do you actually, like, tweet out all this stuff that you get or do you sometimes just say, like, yeah, I'm this guy, blah, 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 and then if you use it, you use it, and then if you don't, you just forget about it? For the most part, no, I do. It'll at some point be tagged in something or linked to my website or something. I don't, I'm not, I, I don't want to screw people over in that way, but for the most part, yeah, I always do. I mean, I might forget a thing here or there and then, you know, wait for the person to remind me to do it, and then if they stay on me, I'll do it. Right. But for the most part, yeah, I, I get it all in. What's the, what's the greatest thing that you've ever gotten for free? Uh, well, like, as far as, like, expect, well, I tell you what, that I just got last month, mm -hmm. I got for my bedroom, bathroom, I got a bidet. <laughs> 
because I love, uh, you know, from going, it's mainly, I mean, in Japan. So after wrestling Japan, every time I go there, I just say, like, why are these not everywhere? I, I don't get it. They're amazing. So I finally was like, I'm going to look for one. I contacted a few companies, and I got, like, this $900 bidet sent to my house. It's hooked up. I, you can search down my Instagram. There's a picture of me, actually, with the toilet on my head when I first got it with a smile on my face. But, um, dude, it's awesome. Yeah, that is the that is the cool thing I've gotten in the past few months. My favorite thing. I mean, I just love that after I take my morning poop, I don't have to jump in the shower to wash my butt out. I can just do it right there. <laughs> that, that's that's amazing, and it was hooked up and everything on the house. Uh, no, well, I I was able to hook it up myself. I just had to add a, a water line upstairs to my bathroom. I I'd have someone actually do that and pay for it. Sadly. Right. But um, it's it's a pretty easy process. So it wasn't expensive. Right, and it's worth the investment for the free bidet. A thousand percent. Yeah. It's a really good one, and I mean, it's for life now. I get know? that. Yeah, I mean, I would say that you should go ahead and write a book about all this stuff, but if, I mean, you don't even read books, so I don't know how, you, how I could expect you to write yeah. one. You know, you'd probably have to... You... I would have, I'd have to have you get me, like, a guy that sits here with me next to me, and I just talk, and he, like, writes it all and makes it a book. Right. I would have no patience or clue how to do that. Yeah, I, it's, it's hard enough for me to, to get through writing a tweet. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so there's not, you're not one of these guys, because, you know, a lot of people nowadays walk around kind of scared because of the news. Like, they're, they're scared of what's happening to the country. There's the violence. Like, did you, did it, uh, you know, while, while I know that, like, it's got to be stressful for you to uh, have to tie down some stuff in your backyard, have you been aware of, like, the, uh, the, the ravaging that the weather has done over the past couple of weeks of, of, of like Texas and Florida and then all the Caribbean islands just getting destroyed by hurricanes? Bro, did I mention the bidet is a butt warmer also? <laughs> it warms your butt. Did I tell you that? It, no, it, you, it didn't, you didn't say that. It stays lit up. You when you come into that. the bathroom, it stays lit up with like this cool light. So it's almost like a black light when I'm going to the bathroom. It's awesome. Wow. Uh, the weather being bad? Yeah, I know the weather's bad in Texas, Florida. No, I do, and I, 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 I have heard that. I don't know details of it. I just know that it's horrible, but I don't live in Texas or Florida, so right. again, it's kind of like that. It doesn't have a direct connection to me. Right, I, I see. I do feel bad for people that are going through things, yeah. Yeah, you have empathy for people, but if it's not directly affecting you in your life... You just don't, you don't know. Like if you don't, how can you have empathy for people if you just have no idea what's happening? Exactly. But right. I mean, obviously I have friends that live in Florida and Texas that I see on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. So I know that bad things are going on, but as far as like, you know, de full on details, no, I've, I've no, I just, I know there was like hurricanes and a lot of water and stuff. I don't know full details. But so like when, uh, when there was, a, there was a moment on the Emmys uh, recently when Sean Spicer came out uh, and everybody was like, oh my God, that's so hilarious that he's here. That's crazy. If you had watched that, you would have been like, who, who, is, who is that guy and why is everybody reacting like this? I, would, I was just going to cut you off and say, who the hell is Sean Spicer? <laughs> I no so do you watch like, uh, really do you watch like SNL, for example? Like, would you watch Saturday Night Live? All that I watch yeah. currently right now, yeah. it, well, I did watch it. It ended last week. The only thing me and my wife watched was, well, Bachelor in Paradise and Bachelor. That's all we watched. That's it. Okay. That is the best show in existence. Yeah. It's the only show worth my time, and right. that's it. Right, that's it. That's the only one. Bro, do you watch? 
No, I, I have. I don't watch because unfortunately it's on on Monday, which, you know, yeah, I don't know if you know, this is, I watch wrestling because I do a wrestling podcast, which is the show that you're on right now. Um, but oh, yeah, I that. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but no, I can't, uh, I, I, I do. I like, I'll go back on Hulu, but sometimes the episodes are just so like, I watch the, I watch most of the season with, uh, with Corinne. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I watched. That's what got me back into it. Okay. Yeah, that was a good season. I watched most of that season, and I saw. Uh, I saw some of the the last Bachelorette season because the girl was from that last season, and because Kenny King was on it, I liked that. Yeah, I, which it's so cool because after we fell in love with the show and loved it, the fact that he was on was super funny. But the, the thing I didn't like about Rachel was she was such a baby face mm-hmm. when she was a contestant on it. Mm-hmm. But then when she became like the top dog, like it, it, she got like an ego and like she changed and wasn't like as nice. I don't know. I don't like her anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I guess I, I see that. I see that. Maybe Maybe she was just better like kind of in small doses when she was part of an ensemble. Hey, I just thought of something. I mean, my wife talked about a dinner table. Oh, good. And bachelorette. Okay, that's one thing that you guys talk about. Oh, man. So, like, uh, Tuesday through Sunday, you're sitting there going, like, oh, I can't wait till next Monday because there's another episode of either Bachelor or Bachelorette on. That, that should be good. Well, now we're counting down the freaking months till January. I'm frothing at the mouth for, like, mid-January for this new season to start. I mean, I can't wait. <laughs> so you, you're not going to watch, like, uh, Dancing with the Stars or Total Bellas or something while you're waiting? Uh, I tried, like, Dancing with the Stars, like, I, I think, like, one season a few years ago I tried to get into, I don't know, it's just, I don't know, I, it doesn't grab me to, to be excited for it every week, I don't know, but I gotta find something now. I tried Ozark, and I was into that for a few episodes, which is on Netflix, and right. we watched, but then, like, I got bored halfway through it. It's hard for me to find something that, like, will keep me, you know, my attention span into it, I don't know. Do you have any, uh, uh, specific goals in wrestling, like things like, oh, I want to do this. I want to get, say, I want to get to WWE. I want to, I want to uh, uh, wrestle. I guess you already wrestled in Japan, but I want to wrestle in the Tokyo Dome. Or do you have goals like that, or are you just a guy who's like, you know what, life is good. I'm not going to screw this up by overthinking it. I'm just going to try to make tomorrow good, like today was. Uh, well, life definitely is good, and I'm not going to overthink, and I am going to appreciate everything that I've done. Like that's part of why, like. I've done a lot of cool stuff, and I don't want to forget that I've done that. But, yes, I mean, anything cool that can be done in wrestling, I do want to do. But I'm also going to be proud of the accomplishments I did make. Like, you know what I mean? So it's both ways. Like, don't get me wrong. I haven't, like, settled yet and just said, hey, I'm done with wrestling. And, like, oh, I, I got to wrestle all over the world and be on TV a few times. I'm done. No, I want to do a lot more. Yes, I want to wrestle in the Tokyo Dome and Madison Square Garden and – um, but my main goal is basically for pro wrestling to still just being, you know, my income and my job. You know, right. I feel I live in a pretty nice house. I drive a nice car. I want to still be able for wrestling to be my job and to do those things, you know. But just imagine, just imagine for a second, like, if you're getting free stuff on the level that you're getting it. Imagine if you had, all you need is one match. If you had a match at WrestleMania, don't you think you'd be able to get even more free stuff? Yeah, but I feel like, uh, um... If you're under a different kind of contract than I am, you might be a lot more uh, restricted oh. where you can't post about a lot of things. I would maybe have to pull back on the free stuff. You know, it's smart because, the, yeah, because you're in a position right now where you don't have a bunch of people looking at you. You can kind of do what you want. And when you when, when Robbie E. is left to his own devices, things are going to go well. 
I mean, let's, uh, I, I don't have my free power washer on my house for nothing, you know what I mean? You have a power uh, washer? <laughs> Say again? You have a power washer, you said? I got a power washer a few months ago from a company. Yep, free power washer. Oh, my God. See, now I like I need a power washer because the, the house we bought, the deck is like, you know, it's fine. It's But it's like it, it, with a power wash, it would look like new. That is what I use it for. I, well, I use it for my house and my deck, yeah. Mm. It's awesome. I might need to just have you over the house and like and like have you walk around. You know, or you know what? Maybe I could just get you to email me the copy and paste that you send to all the companies, and then I could just find some companies to copy and paste the same thing. Dude, just let me know when you want it. I'll give it to you. <laughs> you you're, how many Twitter follow, How many Twitter follows do you have? Uh, like a hundred. I don't know, one hundred ten thousand, oh. maybe hundred. All, all, all you had to hear was a hundred. You're set. You're fine. You're like, dude, you're you're in. Really? You'll get anything you want. Come on. Oh, yeah, oh. Yeah, come on, bro. Yeah, 100, 137,000. Well, there you go. You're done. I mean, you get whatever you want. Oh, great, man. That's that's terrific. Well, how do these companies know that they're not all fake? What if I, I mean, mine aren't, but what if I had just bought a bunch of followers? Yeah, I, like I said, most people, they just, it's so, like, think about it. How, how often, again, using the baby clothes stuff, but let's say a baby clothes company, how often do you think someone hits them up for for free stuff? Probably really, like, when you think about it, not that often. Like, a pro athlete going out of their way to ask for free stuff. So the rare, it's like a rare thing. So most of the time they're just like, oh, wow, really? You like our company? And you're like, pro <laughs> athlete? Do you think, like, how often do you think they're really going to my Twitter and even looking at the followers? Or if even a person who knows that a thing like fake followers even exists. You know what I mean? No, I, yeah, no, that's, it's, it's, it's a great point. It's a, it's a great point. I think that that's, that's <laughs> probably true. Man, oh, man. I don't know if it's a good idea that I've been exposing all of this stuff. I really hope you don't have, like, a big baby apparel company following that listens to your show because then I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're going to they're gonna find out about you and tell all their baby apparel friends <laughs> that, that, that your kids have been, have, been, have been dressing for free. So you don't even have that pressure like that because like that that's the pressure right especially in wrestling and being an independent contractor is you have you get married you got a mortgage now I'd imagine the bank's not giving you the house for free and you got twins twins cost a lot to keep them food uh, clothing and then you know God only knows when you start when they start getting into to school age and everything but you're you're figuring out a way where that's not like you don't go to bed worried about that because they're taken care of. I mean, yeah, they're taken care of. And again, I mean, also, I mean, not to, I mean, my wife works a corporate twenty-four hour fitness. She travels all over. I mean, she's got a good gig going on too. So, you know, it's not like I have to, uh, you know, if I don't wrestle a weekend or if, um, you know, like you talked about impact or not being wrestling full-time contracted, I, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. You know what I mean? And again, don't forget, I also, I know it's crazy that people probably don't realize this, and you might have even forgot it, but I do have a. a teaching degree we remember i was phys ed health teacher so i of course always have that to fall back on and there's so many things i could do with that degree so yeah i mean i can't even believe that you i can't even believe that you you uh graduated from a school let alone could teach at one like that's (laughs) that's incredible graduated from college college or high school What, what, what college did you graduate from I graduated from Kane University in Jersey. It's like a, it's like a teaching school. A lot of people go there when they want to be teachers. It's amazing. Amazing. Look, I don't know what it says about Kane, but it says good things about you. <laughs> hey, I'm not the only one that graduated from there. So did uh, well. 
from Kane University Crowbar. Remember him? From <laughs> of WCW? course, of course. Yeah, Devin Moore. He graduated from there. And then my high school, John F. Kennedy High School in Islin, actually, uh, Danny Doran graduated from there. Well, you know who uh, I went to New Rochelle High School. You know who graduated from New Rochelle High School? Devon Dud- Dudley. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, wow, that's crazy. I think Dreamer was in Yonkers, but uh, yeah. Well, listen, uh, Robbie E., where where can I, I send people for you? Where would you like people to go that will help you not only uh, with your wrestling pursuits, not only with your uh, new deal that you have uh, doing the dad bod workouts, which are amazing, but also that will help you in the future for getting more free stuff because – I mean, I, I admire it, and I think other fans should, too. Where can people go to support you? Um, well, don't go to the companies and tell them that I'm <laughs> Definitely don't do that. But what you could do is uh, at Twitter and Instagram, at Robbie E. Impact. And then uh, my official website is www.robbie-e.com. And then Mondays at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, again, on the Muscle and Fitness social medias. Check out my dad bod videos. Like them, share them. Keep supporting it. It's blowing up. Muscle and Fitness is happy with it, and um, it's going to help me get a lot more free stuff from a baby. So, well, I love that, and and that's the best thing too, right? That like the free stuff before used to be like annoying because it was just you getting free stuff for yourself, and why would we want to help that? But now it's free stuff for your children, <laughs> and everybody should support that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's still free stuff for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, I'm glad we got this done. I'm sorry it took me a little bit to uh, to get hammered down on something. But thank you very much. It's always, uh, like, so fun to talk to you, dude. And uh, next time you're in New York, we should do something in studio. Oh, a thousand percent, man. Awesome. Thank you, bro. Thank you, man. Good luck with everything. Here is Sam Roberts. Robbie E. on the podcast this week. I find that guy endlessly entertaining. I don't know how you feel. You can let me know on Twitter and uh, and tell me if you agree with me and, and hook up Robbie E. with the at mentions, but I, I think that he's he's tremendously entertaining. And, and I don't even mean as just like, oh, I like this guy in the ring. I mean just talking to him. I found that I had a good time talking to that dude, just, just hearing his take on life in general. I almost want to figure out how to give him like a talk show or something. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me, but just, just the idea of like, how obsessed he is with uh, uh, free stuff. He's the only guy. Most guys will come on this podcast or come on other podcasts or go on TV or whatever it is, and they'll talk about wrestling as if, like, you know, it's their end-all, be-all of everything. And it should be. You know, that's what we want to hear as fans, right? We want to hear that these superstars like it as much as we do because that's why we're watching them at the end of the day, right? We want to hear that these guys like it as much as we do and that they want to go to like WrestleMania and be in the WWE and do all that stuff as much as we think that they should, as much as we would if we were in their position. So to have a guy like Robbie E. come on and just be honest and tell me, well, my what really gets me high, what I really get a buzz off of, what I have passion for in life, is after a week weekend of wrestling, after being a weekend warrior, coming home and seeing all my free stuff at the P.O. box. I mean, that's amazing. I'm also, uh, you know, it's interesting what happened with him in TNA. I guess the TNA conversation and the way he talked about leaving TNA is the same conversation, I guess, that some people are having about WWE right now. This idea that it's becoming easier and easier 
to make your living independently. And maybe he realized that he's got to look at this from a 2017 perspective, that there was a time when getting all t- getting on TV was the end-all, be-all. But maybe you crunch a few numbers and you realize quickly, TNA specifically, that with the deal he was being given, if he can just get booked every weekend, which he says he has no trouble doing, then he can make more money even on smaller shows. I'm not even talking about him going to like Ring of Honor or New Japan or wherever it is. I mean, if he can make more money just doing his shows on the weekends and he's perfectly happy doing it, then I don't see I don't see why you wouldn't do that. I don't see why that wouldn't be your move. At the end of the day, everybody's got to be a fan of what they're doing, but you have to be a fan of yourself more than you are of any person or organization you're working for. Like, Robbie E. cannot be such a fan of the idea of being in an organization like TNA that he forgets to do what's right for himself. Because I think that happens with guys sometimes. And that you could it's not just the, the wrestling industry. It could happen in, in sports. It could happen in music. You know, what if you're a guy who's like, all I've ever wanted to do was be in this band that's on the radio, Right? but you're not performing the music that you want to perform and you could be making good money doing stuff the way you want to do it and just being independent. But it would mean not being a part of this record label and not getting this radio exposure and you wouldn't be on this billboard and you wouldn't be part of this movie soundtrack. But you would get your audience in other ways because it's easier to do that now. You would go on Spotify and you would find your audience. You'd get put on these playlists that end up exposing you to more people than are checking the liner notes on the soundtrack to the latest Fast and the Furious movie, whatever it is, then maybe, even though you've grown up watching these Fast and the Furious movies and going, one day my song's going to be in the soundtrack, maybe you get to 2017 and you realize, oh, that's not what it's about anymore. That, 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 that dream worked for then, but if we're looking at the landscape of 2017, maybe now looks different than then. And maybe that's what Robbie E. is saying. You know, not that Robbie E. grew up with it, but some of us, you know, I know there are people listening to this podcast now that are teenagers, that are in their 20s. And for those of you that are of a certain age, TNA has kind of always been around. Say what you want about TNA, but if you include the weekly pay-per-views, they've been around for a long, long time. There are people watching wrestling who don't know what the wrestling landscape looked like without a TNA. There are people watching TNA, there's not that many people, but there are people watching TNA that, or Impact Wrestling or whatever it is, that through all its incarnations, they have been watching Impact. And at least that word has stayed there, Impact. They have been watching Impact forever, right? So there's this idea that maybe they grew up thinking, oh, maybe they started watching wrestling when they were 10. They're 20 now. They're going to wrestling school. And they're thinking to themselves, one day I'm gonna work for I'm gonna work for Impact. One day I'm gonna be on Impact because that's the show that I watched when I was a kid, and that's where I want to be. Well, you turn around and you have the opportunity to get on the TV show, but you look at it, and it's not the same as it used to be. There's all these new opportunities to make money and to be seen by an audience that don't exist in the confines of traditional television. And I think that that's the crossroads that a lot of people are at with impact 
and that some some people are out with WWE. Are out with WWE. That's that's the uh, uh, rationale that that some people have for a guy like Neville potentially walking out of WWE. We don't know if he did, but theoretically, you're like, yeah, well, I guess you see the Bullet Club and those guys making a name for themselves outside of WWE, outside of the mainstream, and. And they say, you know, guys say, oh, I'm doing better now than I was when I was there. Oh, financially. So maybe this does exist. I don't know, but I'm going to get Bully Ray's perspective on it. I'm going to get Bubba Ray Dudley's perspective on what what the wrestling industry really looks like in 2017. Because of all people he knows, he's a guy who was there through ECW WWE, he was there during the Attitude Era, he was there in WWE, you know, a year or two ago, and he's experienced Ring of Honor, he's worked in a Ring of Honor locker room alongside Cody Rhodes, that's one of the things I want to talk to Bubba about, I want to talk to him about what the wrestling landscape looks like now, I want to talk to him about being in Ring of Honor, but not being in the Bullet Club, is being in Ring of Honor, but not being in the Bullet Club like being in WCW but not being in the NWO in the late 90s. I don't know, but I'd like to get his perspective on it, and I will. That's going down Tuesday, October 24th. It's a live podcast. You'll be able to see this interview. You'll be able to see Bully join me for the State of Wrestling following the interview. So if you want uh, Bully Ray's take on the TLC pay-per-view, for example, we'll be talking about that live at the Highline Ballroom, October 24th, this coming Tuesday. Get tickets at HighlineBallroom.com. Of course, we'll also have Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast merchandise. I'll have the Not Sam Lapel pins there. I'll have uh, copies of Second Nature signed by Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair to give away to some of you. And I'm going to go ahead and give away some tickets to this event. Of course, you go to HighlineBallroom.com. You can buy tickets. It's very, very easy. But if you're on Facebook... Go to facebook.com slash notsam and just send me a message that you'd like to go to the show. Send me a message. I'm going to give out a couple pairs of tickets. If you, I, I'll, get, I'll try to get back to as many people as possible. If you've won, I will message you back. If I don't message you back, it's because I didn't get around to telling you that you did not win. But everybody that wins, and again, I'll only have a couple pairs, message me. Facebook.com slash NotSam. I'll give you a pair of tickets to the live show. It's in New York City, so you have to be in New York City Tuesday night. Uh, but I'll be able to give you tickets, put your name on the list. Uh, for everybody else, the safest bet that you've got to making sure that you're there is to go online to HighlineBallroom.com. Get your tickets now. If you get the special VIP tickets, you're going to get front row, uh, best seat access, and... You're going to be able to meet myself and Bully Ray before the show on Tuesday night. It's going to be really, really fun. You're going to regret not being there. So go to HighlineBallroom.com right now. Get your tickets for this Tuesday night. Now, uh, we've got a lot to talk about in State of Wrestling. Of course, I want to talk about uh, where, where WWE is. You know, this conversation about competition that exists outside of WWE, because that's the thing. Cody Rhodes, for example, he goes uh, he, he, on the uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view. He talks about, or, or I, I believe it was actually a Twitter video that he posted after the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. He posts that he is the biggest draw in wrestling, which to, to me, 
you know, I think it's just wrestling promo speak because going by the numbers that it's not, you know, no. But I kind of get what he's saying, and I'd like to have that discussion. Does WWE have actual competition, or is there just a play another viable place for people to go? Is this something that WWE needs to be worried about, or does it just mean that they start changing the way they deal with talent? I don't know. But we'll have that conversation in State of Wrestling. I also want to talk about the build-up to TLC. It's a really interesting show because uh, a lot of a lot of TLC was put together this week on Raw. The, I think the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. storyline has obviously dominated everything so far. The S.H.I.E.L.D. storyline has spent weeks building and building, and I think they've done an amazing job with the S.H.I.E.L.D. storyline. And we'll talk about the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, coming back with the music with the outfits, with everything, because that's the story. But then you've got the Demon versus Sister Abigail match that was just kind of put together this week on Raw. You've got a couple cruiserweight matches. You've got a couple of women's matches, you know. Asuka versus uh, 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 Emma, of course. Asuka's big debut. So a lot going on this weekend at TLC, and we'll talk about all that in the state of wrestling. Uh, As a matter of fact, let's move in there. I'm going to uh I'm going to bring my guest in and I think you'll be excited. Here we go ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the state of wrestling. Let's go. It's now time for this week's state of wrestling. First and foremost, today's state of wrestling is brought to you by WWE 2K18. The biggest video game franchise in WWE history is back. WWE 2K18 featuring cover superstar Seth Rollins and WWE 2K18 promises to bring you closer to the ring than ever before. With hard-hitting action, excitement, new game modes, deep creation capabilities, and everything you've come to love from WWE 2K. Listen, I got my copy of 2K18. I've been playing it. I got the pre-order copy. I got uh, uh, everything. You can get it right now. It's in stores. I uh, First thing I did was jump on the uh, My Player category, and I created Sam Roberts. I uploaded the Not Sam logo image via the website. I put it in my game. I could upload it to my character. And now, Sam Roberts, the last professional broadcaster, is going through the ranks. I'm going into the Performance Center, then to NXT. I just got drafted to Raw. I don't know what's going to happen next, but it's all going to happen inside this amazing world. Uh, It's got a lot of additions this year. Eight-man matches, a new grapple carry system, which I love, thousands of new animations, and a massive backstage area. Very cool, very interactive. They got catering back there for the first time. A brand new uh, rendering engine also gives WWE 2K18 a visual overhaul, bringing the drama of WWE to life like never before. You can dominate the ring with tons of your favorite WWE, NXT, and legendary superstars. No joke. WWE 2K18 offers the most complete roster of the biggest and brightest WWE and NXT superstars and legends to ever grace a WWE ring and... Be sure to check out Apple Music for the official WWE 2K18 in-game soundtrack personally curated by executive producer Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I think you've heard of that guy before. To learn more about WWE 2K18, head on over to WWE.2K.com and buy now. You got to get this game, folks. I'm loving it. I am loving it. But now we welcome in... 
my guest for the state of wrestling this week. Uh, my requested, my heavily requested guest this week, specifically, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the guy who I think I say uh, uh, has has changed the podcast uh, landscape for wrestling. And I don't think there's that many people that have changed the landscape. I think Colt Cabana changed the landscape. Um, and I think uh, this gentleman right here, Conrad Thompson, changed the landscape. What's going on, Conrad? Wow, man, that's quite the introduction. I appreciate that. I don't, I don't know that I changed the landscape, but uh, it is a change to be on your show. Uh, I've been a listener for a long time, and it's pretty cool to be invited on. So I really appreciate that. Well, man, I appreciate it. And you and you and Bruce have been uh, very good to me since the beginning of your guys' deal. And uh, I just, I don't know. I think it's cool, and I think whenever. Uh, a podcast uh, about wrestling can resonate the way your guys has. It's kind of a good thing for all of us in this wrestling world, right? Well, I think so. And, and I think that what's great about podcasts, especially in wrestling right now, is there's literally something for everybody. Right. You, know, you If you want to hear you know, great stories from Raven, you can. If you want to hear random stories from Stone Cold about you know his real life on the ranch, you can. And there's so there's a little bit of everything for everybody, and uh, I'm I'm excited that we got Bruce Pritchard and Tony Schiavone, two characters from wrestling's past who maybe had moved on from the business, pulled back in. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what I love about podcasting too, because you know I come from the radio world where for a long time it was kind of cutthroat, and I'm doing my show, and whoever else is doing a show is the enemy, and don't listen to him, listen to me. But in this podcast world, just because of the way it's set up you know, you can download as many podcasts as you want and you're not going to get what you were getting from Sam Roberts wrestling podcast on Bruce, uh, Bruce, on something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and vice versa. So it's like, I, I feel like if I like a podcast, I can just tell people about it without worrying. Oh no. Does that mean they're going to like me less if they like them more? Like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. It's just, you can, you can be honest about stuff that you like, you know? Yeah, and, and it also allows itself, you know, you can listen when you want. And that's what I really enjoy about Bruce's and Tony's because, you know, those stories, most of them are 20 and 30 years old. Right. So they kind of don't ever get old. And it's weird how that works, that they're already so old that they're just sort of timeless. You can listen to them whenever. So there's no there's no real sense of competition. Your show, you know, we're talking about current events. You want to listen to that right then. If you don't have time for hours. Man, go listen to it next month. No big deal. <laughs> right, right. Now, with as much research goes in, because you know, I'm 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 a hardcore fan, and I think most of the people that listen to to your shows, you and you you and Tony and you and Bruce are are the hardcore fans because they want to get in depth about all this stuff. Um, but it requires that research, like it requ like you you are required to do the amount of research that you do. Because if you slack one week, all of us listening are going to be sitting there going like you didn't ask the right questions or you didn't know, or didn't you know that this happened or that happened or he said, or she said. So with the amount of research that you have to do for two podcasts every single week on, you know, God knows what topics, do you actually have time to keep up with the current product? I do keep up with it. Now I can't say that I, uh, I watch every single minute of it. Mm -hmm. Whenever I have my daughter, we watch every single minute of it, whether I want to or not, because she's <laughs> you know, Becky and Charlotte and, and Alexa. So I have to watch all of that stuff from start to finish, but on the shows where I don't have her, it is probably a DVR situation and I'll stop whenever something catches my interest. So how have you felt about 
the shield kind of coming together, not just this week, but over the last several weeks. Because I think that was the story of Raw. And I think it has been the story of Raw for like the last three weeks or so is is the shield coming together. And I think TLC this weekend is kind of predicated on the shield reunion. You know, there's other stuff going on, but the headline is that the shield's back. I think it's awesome. You know, I kind of imagined that we would we would see a shield reunion at some point, but I always kind of thought it might be like the headline match at a WrestleMania. Yeah. Doesn't mean it still couldn't be, you know, if they break up again or whatever, but I think people were ready for it and um, you know, people love what kind of what they grew up on and what they don't have anymore and uh, I know that my daughter absolutely flipped out when they all put their fists together. And so now that they're all wearing their vests together, like they're slowly reintroducing it all. And I mean, I think it's cool. It was like when they put the horsemen back together in 1998, that was, I guess my version. Right. Of, and, and it was, it's super fun. So I'm for it. And I think it's good for business. Does watching with your daughter, uh, help put things in context for you, like remind you that you can't just sit there being like, Oh, come on, that's corny. And then you look over at your daughter and she's like enjoying the hell out of it. And you realize, wait a minute, there's more than just me watching this thing. Absolutely. Yeah. To put it in total perspective, I saw, I think somewhere on a house show is where Naomi showed up with the women's belt and it had lights on it. Mm -hmm. People were posting it and talking about how ridiculous it was. And I was like, yeah, that is the dumbest thing ever. Lights on a wrestling belt. Mm -hmm. and my daughter sees it and she's like, look how awesome it is. Her belt lights up. <laughs> Wait a minute. My dad probably felt this way about the million dollar belt. Like, look at this crap. He's up here with a fake gold belt and fake dollar diamond signs. Okay. I get it. This is not for me. Right. This is for her. And she's all about, I get it. So yeah, it, it, it has a whole new layer and the stuff that maybe I would be armchair quarterback in a little too much. She brings me back down to, okay, that just wasn't for me. And I feel like there's a match this weekend. That's probably not meant for me. Well, yeah. And we'll, get into that because i think that's 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 the one especially when we see uh halloween themed paint colors uh <laughs> that people start scratching their heads but uh before we get there what did you think of of the way the shield looked on raw on monday the, it caught a lot of people by surprise when not only did they have the shield music back not only did they come through the crowd again but instead of doing what they did the week before where it was like everybody had their different t-shirts on and it was almost like these three main event good guys that had now had separate individual identities were coming back together to reform this thing. We saw the shield of old in the old shield gear without any specific individual logos for each person. Um, I know some people thought it was cool. Other people thought it was regression, character regression. And some people were upset that it happened on Raw. They said, well, this should have happened at the pay-per-view. That should be the first time that we see the Shield back together. What was your initial reaction, and then how did you feel as Raw went off the air? Uh, I enjoyed it. I'm glad that they did it. I feel like it brings back a... I mean, let's, let's not try to overthink it. We know the Shield is not going to stay together forever. We know they're going to break up and be singles again at some point. Well, if you're going to get us to buy back into that story, then we've got to buy back in that they're all really brothers. So if they just continue as individual characters, it just feels a little bit like, well, these are separate guys who are going to go do their own thing. This is really just for this pay-per-view. This is just for this feud or this angle. I mean, I would, I would have really liked to see demolition get back together, but if when it happened, one guy was <laughs> repo man and one guy's mass superstar, I don't know. That 
same. Yeah, no, I think that that's a great point. That otherwise, you're like, okay, this is actually just Roman, Seth, and Dean in a six-man tag as opposed to The Shield. When they first came out, when they first, first, when I looked at them and I realized they had the vests on and they had even like gone to the detail, I thought, of kind of styling their hair a little bit more like they did when they were in The Shield as opposed to, you know, they're just real slight differences, but it seemed like they went to the detail of we want to capture what we looked like, whatever it was, three or four years ago. And at first, I kind of had that initial, like, is this regression? Like, are we really doing this again? But by the time they were in the ring, by the time they were cutting the promo, I was like, no, no, this has got me on board. This has fully got me on board with the Shield. I'm excited about seeing him again because it's what I wanted to see again. And seeing them like this is actually selling me on the pay-per-view. The idea that we should wait until the pay-per-view to see them all in the vests and together again, I understand it. But for me, seeing them like that on Raw, just something in me. I guess because we were all such S.H.I.E.L.D. fans when they were around, made me go, oh, I can't wait to see them on the pay-per-view. That, oh, I forgot, that is the S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, now we're we're being presented with this character. Like, the S.H.I.E.L.D. is its own character, I feel like. It's not necessarily three guys together. The S.H.I.E.L.D. is one thing. And I think what they did on Raw reminded us of that and cemented it. I totally agree. And, and I think you make a great point when you talk about you know, you wanted to see them this way to get you excited for the pay-per-view. And I do find it, you know, and I realize that's kind of my gig on something to wrestle sometimes, but I do think it's kind of interesting that people argue we got it too soon. I mean, you know, lots of people were upset about Daniel Bryan not being put into the WrestleMania main event fast enough. He was still there. Right. And he was still in a featured spot, but people are mad that, but we had to wait for it. And they should have known from the start. So it's sort of for WWE, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I, I feel like I agree with you. Let's get them excited for the pay-per-view because if they were all separate, then people would be calling this the fake Shield reunion or the half-assed Shield reunion or whatever it may be. And they would be talking about the fact that there's not a universal title match on the card. Instead, people are just as excited because the Shield really is back together. Well, it's interesting because because of the match that we're getting, People are excited about the Shield getting back together, and the Shield getting back together is a bigger headline than the fact that not only is there no Universal Championship, but the Women's Championship and the Cruiserweight titles are the only ones being defended. All the titles, you know, Brock's not on the show, and the rest of the titles are all swept up into that big multi-person match, so none of them are being defended, and and I think the Shield kind of makes up for that. I also think you make a good point of, let's be honest about what the shelf life is on this shield reunion. Um, if we don't see them in vests as soon as possible, each episode counts. Like, what are we going to get the shield for? A couple right. pay-per-views? Like, right. let's get them, let's get them back now, right away and, and get as much out of this thing as humanly possible. You've got to think they, they try to make it the Royal rumble. Yeah. Then, you know, if wrestling has taught us anything, Somebody's going to throw somebody out at the Royal Rumble, or there's going to be some sort of major issue with a title switch or something at the Royal Rumble, and someone is going to blame someone else. And who comes out as a good guy and who comes out as a bad guy, still to be determined. But I'm going to be watching to find out. But it seems like you start your WrestleMania progression right there at Royal Rumble, and I would imagine that would be a spot where you would see a lot of angles really get heated up. Yeah, you wonder. So, like, in, in my mind, 
the point of the Shield getting back together, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, like I think that that this year, the story that they're building with Roman Reigns, agree with it or don't agree with it, uh, is this story of milestones that are over the course of one year that lead to Roman getting his big moment at this year's WrestleMania. And I think it starts with The Undertaker, quote-unquote, being retired. Then it goes to John Cena, quote-unquote, saying goodbye. Then I think the next thing is some kind of symbolic passing of the torch where Seth and Dean kind of tip the hat and maybe they lose in a triple threat match, something like that happens, and they say, you know what, Roman, we never said this before, but you're the man. Like, we're we're acknowledging that you're the man, and I feel like that's that final step to WrestleMania. But I started thinking, maybe even before that, with the return of Kane, which I think was great because I didn't see it coming. Like, right. And, I, and I, I think if they'd done it any other way, you might have had those that that roll of the eye, like oh, is it Kane again? Like because we've seen a lot of Kane, but the way it was done was great because nobody, nobody. I was looking through Twitter; it just wasn't predicted. Nobody saw it coming, and and this hasn't even been touched on. But the idea here is like, oh, we're now we're not we're not. It's not corporate Kane. It's not a goofy Kane. This is this is the Kane. From, you know, that you guys just talked about on the Bad Blood podcast. This is The Undertaker's brother. And The Undertaker's brother is now going after the guy that retired, The Undertaker. And and it kind of was like this great moment of like, oh man, like Kane has a reason for doing this. And, you know, I, I, w- I would imagine that Roman Reigns is going to retire Kane as well before it's all said and done. How great is wrestling? It's great. You know, what you just laid out, because we're referencing a storyline that's legit 20-something years old. Right. And But we still remember, you know, and and what you just laid out about he's going to be the guy to retire Kane too, because if Kane's really winding it down because he's going to be mayor and move on with real life, yeah. why not have Roman, you know, beat him? It's just awesome. I, I love everything about the storyline you just laid out, and it shows you that maybe, you know, a lot of the hardened, disenfranchised, you know, jaded wrestling fans. If you really want to, man, wrestling's just so fun. What you just laid out is awesome. It is, right? And it's one of those things of, like, Kane, I think, was in the same category of the Big Show, where for a long time people were like, oh, they were literally chanting, please retire at the Big Show. But, you know, we get to see the Big Show this year, and he's in the best shape of his life. We watch his match with Braun Strowman, you know, in, in the cage match, and... Now we're all being like, oh my God, the big show is the coolest ever. And I wish he would come back for just one more match. And it's like, it's always there. But the, the, I love these, these long-term storylines, like the Kane and the Undertaker thing. Cause I think that that's why this Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens thing over on SmackDown is so, so cool. Cause it's really the only time the two guys have been able to start a storyline on the indies. To build a to build a storyline on the indies and and it's still like that story that we saw throughout Ring of Honor and PWG was continued on SmackDown this week like it's continuing now. It's uh, it's a testament to those guys and you know just how great they are that even after all this time it's still entertaining because in the WWE you, you see um, there are feuds that people would go online and complain and say, oh, this again. You know, it feels like we saw a lot of that a few years ago when people were saying they were tired of seeing John Cena and Randy Orton on top. Sure. Very few people 
have said they're tired of seeing Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens because of the strong promos that Kevin puts out there and because of the incredible different ways they put together matches. It's not the same match ever. And so you can feel like, you know, people knock Ric Flair, Bret Hart, or other guys and say, oh, it's the same match every time. These guys have a different match every time. Right. And it's, it's entertaining every time. It really is a testament to those guys for working hard and not just saying, well, let's just do what we did last week. And when they do repeat spots, it's done almost as like an homage. Like it's done with a, with a, with a tip of the hat. Like when, uh, when they were both in that ladder match at WrestleMania, I think in Dallas, and you started seeing spots between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens that you saw in ladder matches between Kevin Steen and Generico in Ring of Honor, it wasn't this rehashed thing. It was, oh my God, that was for the hardcore fans. Oh my God, they're they're referencing the fact that this is all still ongoing, that this never ended. And I, I mean, it's just another one of those moments, like you just said, where you're just like, wrestling is so cool. It's a, it's a fun time to be a wrestling fan. And podcasts like this uh, really remind you how fun it could be. So uh, let's go uh, a little bit more through TLC. So you've got... What did you, what do you think? I, I think that the only shortcoming of this thing is I don't I I I I, I liked the idea of the Shield versus the Miz and Sheamus and Cesaro like I because I love the I think the Miz and Sheamus and Cesaro are having this year right now that's almost not being acknowledged it's all it's it's being acknowledged but it's going under the radar somewhat but all three of those guys are having. The, the 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 year of their career, and I think specifically Sheamus and The Miz had been written off by a lot of the fan base, and now fans have come around. So I was kind of anxious about that three-on-three match, and I, I'm, I almost think it's weird to be like, okay, now it's The Shield versus every major bad guy on Raw. Like, just everybody versus The Shield for The Shield's comeback. Yeah, it's a little weird because I didn't get to watch the um the end of raw with the sound on i was in a situation where i i couldn't have the sound on but it was in the background so i called my buddy on the ride home to do this podcast with you and i said hey just so i'm clear is it three on five (laughs) and he laughed and he said absolutely so yeah i think it is a little interesting that it's three on five because i don't know you know in the old school way don't you sort of kind of diminish the bad guys, if the good guys are victorious and they had a five on three advantage. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But, you know, with tables, lighters, and chairs, I'm sure they could do lots of smoke and mirrors to have a plausible explanation as to how this makes sense. Yeah. And the nice thing about the shield is that while it's obviously an exercise to eventually make Roman an even bigger superstar, you could technically have Ambrose get pinned by. Braun Strowman or you could you could have a scenario where Roman you know something catastrophic happens that's so underhanded and dastardly and you could have Kane beat Roman Reigns in the context of this match uh, uh, which would then lead to a a Roman Reigns Kane match down the road but then that kind of uh, goes against the philosophy of Hogan must pose at the end of of TLC so Thank you for that subtle little shout out. (laughs) You know, I think you've really got to have Strowman just destroying guys. And if Kane really is the demon from hell, then he's got to be destroying guys. And Cesaro and Sheamus have had really competitive matches with Dean and Seth. And if they really are the bar, 
then those four should dominate, you know, four really good guys or really strong guys should be three really strong guys. And then Miz, I know, you know, you've kind of positioned him as a great performer, but he's still sort of playing the chickenish heel. Sure. Still, you should have just total domination in four on three, much less five on three. So if this were real, you know, and, and I know that's a silly statement, five guys should beat the snot out of three guys <laughs> all day long. And so if you're not going to do that, then you've got to have some really interesting situations. And maybe that's just a series of, you know, triple power bombs and that takes care of it. But we'll see. I, I can't wait to see the pay-per-view. I'm looking forward to this match. I love your use of chicken-ish there because I don't think uh, you, it could be either way. But to me, when you said chicken-ish heel, it wasn't a, a heel that is chicken-like. It was chicken-ish as in the Usos day one-ish. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Like, you know, on, on something to wrestle, I would just say it. But here, ish, chicken-ish. Well, I appreciate that, although uh, I do, at some at some point, I hope that you give me a very mundane answer so I can be like, we're doing a fucking podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. I, you know, I could just hit you with the old Tony Schiavone. I don't remember. Yeah, that's true. I don't yeah. recall. I guess, it was the booking committee. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I go like, so are you keeping up with the product? No, nope, no, nope, haven't watched it. No, I haven't. Okay, Conrad, great. Um... So, uh, uh, other than that, on the pay-per-view, uh, you got the two cruiserweight matches, uh, and I think that they've definitely done a much better job about making people care about the cruiserweights. At the same time, you know, anybody who reads the internet beyond watching TV is kind of befuddled watching the cruiserweights because on the heels of Austin Aries disappearing from the company for, you know, a reason that hasn't been explained to us yet— now there's rumors of Neville not being there for uh, reasons that haven't been quite explained to us yet. Um, I, th- I think Enzo is in a better place now than he has been in, in months and months, and they have done what I felt wasn't being done early on, which is as of this week, I think he's solidified as a bad guy. He's a legit heel, is Enzo. Um, and I think it's good because it's not it's not based on this kind of mystery backstage heat that we read about on the internet, but it's actually like character work done in the ring. I love that he's got a faction with him because I love factions. And 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 I think that that was done effectively on Raw. Uh, but, you know, it still is the cruiserweight, so it's not exactly, you know, the thing that, that people tune in for. Who is more excited about Enzo being a cruiserweight? Cass... Or Kalisto. <laughs> Kalisto now is 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 on the pay per view, not the pre show. Right, champion. He's a very talented performer, but it feels like they kind of didn't know what to do with him, like uh, for a while, for a year or more, and now he's getting to do you know lucha stuff on pay per view. So yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm excited for him most of all, and I do like that. You know, just to make sure the WWE knew that we're supposed to boo Enzo, they put the faction with him. Yeah. But had, had they not done that, <laughs> he could have still been like this edgy, smart-ass, arrogant, you know, shrunken-down version of Rock. You know, so Rock would come down and just cut everybody to shreds with insults, but that didn't make him a bad guy because he was cool when he did it. Right. So because he did it in a cool way, he's still a good guy. 
But when you pile on a faction, okay, yeah, he's definitely not just a smartass. He's just an ass. There was also, there was also this thing of like before you almost felt bad for him because the entire roster was was beating him up, but. Right. Now that he's got, now that it's like him and four other guys beating up Kalisto, you're like, oh no, he's the bad guy. Boo, boo. And it's, it works, you know? It really works because now he's like the Johnny Fairplay of WWE. <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. You're like, I could beat up that guy. I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> right. Um, uh, then, and I guess, uh, I don't know. I, if you're going to, I think as far as the cruiserweights go, I think, I guess the good guys win across the board for the cruiserweights. I, I don't know what kind of, uh, predictions. Um, you want? Oh, I'd pick Enzo there. I think Enzo wins. He gets the uh, title back. I, I think the bad guys beat the Shield. Um, I don't know if we've co- if we're going to cover everybody else, but I'm going Enzo and I'm going uh, the Miz and his crew uh, in the main event. I I think that you have to imagine that Oscar is going to beat Emma, right? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I I feel bad for Emma. I, I would say I don't know what she did, but I have a Google machine, so. <laughs> Yeah, Asuka is, is starting her Goldberg streak on the main roster with Emma. She's victim number one. Yeah. I still think she can put out a great performance because this is a big match for Asuka. And it, it's a, Emma has to make sure that, you know, Asuka looks the way they want her to. You know, I think CM Punk said of Roman Reigns once, make him look strong, pal. Uh, she's got to do that with Asuka. And there's a lot of folks who watch Raw who don't watch NXT. And so they've heard the name Oscar and they've seen the promos and maybe they've seen little clips, but this will be a real test for Oscar. How well will she translate on the main roster is still to be determined. Yeah. And I mean, I'm optimistic, but I was also optimistic about Nakamura coming to SmackDown. And I don't think that Nakamura has yet recaptured the magic that he had in NXT. Uh, so it will be interesting to see if, if once she's on the main roster and, all this energy is not just being put into the Oscar machine. If she'll be able to maintain that, that magic that she built up over the course of a couple years in NXT. Yeah, it will be interesting. I feel like there's been a lot of folks who were over like we're over in NXT, but then they get to the big audience and for whatever reason, it doesn't feel the same. And you lifted a great example with Nakamura, but I think you could also say that about Bailey. I think people were excited to finally see Bailey that it was this great aha moment, but then you fast forward a few months and you're like, well, what, what are they doing with her? And I don't know that that's necessarily that she doesn't know how to get over with the audience as much as maybe the writers on raw, that team doesn't really know how to fit her in with that division, with that limited TV schedule, because on NXT, you know, if they needed to give her 15 minutes for a match on TV, no problem. Well, that's just not as easy as it sounds on television. Absolutely. And, you know, and you're looking at a roster where it's like you know, investments have been made in certain talents and, and you always want to bring up new talent, but at the same time, you can't put the same investments like you, like Bailey is a great example. The investment had been made in Bailey and NXT for a long time. So by the time she left NXT, it was like, of course, she's looked at as the top person there. We've spent years doing this, but she gets over to the main roster and it's like, look, we've already spent all this time and money investing in Becky and Charlotte and Sasha. We're not doing any, the Bellas are, you know, the, the pride and joy of this company at, at the moment still, and they're improving and they're, they're fitting into this, the way the new roster looks. And we got to do something with Mickey James over here. And Alexa bliss is like skyrocketing right now. So we got to invest in, in her and, and the spots are a lot tougher on, on the main roster than they are 
on NXT. You just don't get because because on the main roster, it's like it's the big time. It's it's where it really really matters, and chances are taken far more seldom for obvious reasons. No, and and you're exactly right. And I wanted to clarify, but you just did it for me, so thank you for that. I'm not saying Bailey can't have an awesome 15 minute match. Sure, I'm, 15 minute matches on Raw or SmackDown are usually reserved for the main event and maybe one other match. And that roster is so stacked with other people who are so well-established that it's just not something they're going to be able to give you consistently. But I'm sure that Bailey could go out every night and have a barn burner of a 15, 20, 30 minute match. We've seen her do it. We know she's capable, but there's just not enough time to go around and feature everybody you need to. So she's kind of been lost in the shuffle. And, and I hope that's not what happens with Oscar, but I do believe that, the promo and the way that NXT is written and how differently it's written from say a raw or SmackDown, which sometimes feel like they're about 50% promo. And that's not normally the case with NXT. Yeah. That's a challenge. You know, my dad is a very casual wrestling fan, but my dad might not be a big Oscar fan because she's not going to engage him the same way that, uh, an Alexa would, uh, or a Charlotte flair would, or a Sasha Banks would. Now that doesn't mean that she can't still be a massive contributor, but I am saying the first test is this week because the match is going to set the tone and then we're going to have to hear from her in the next two weeks, you would think on raw. And that's where we start to see what are the plans for, for her moving forward. Yeah. And are they going to do what they did with Nakamura? Are they going to make somebody whose specialty is not doing promos in English, doing promos in English on raw like that, you know, that maybe, you know, 20 years ago, would have obviously had a mouthpiece and and be put in a position where it might not be the best. You don't you don't know. And you have to look at NXT too. If you're really analyzing, hey, why is this person getting over in NXT but not on the main roster? NXT is put together the way shows were put together in the early 90s, meaning in NXT you've got an hour of TV a week and then quarterly pay-per-views. So if you see Asuka wrestle twice a month, and she wins both times, that's big, and she's been skyrocketed, and that's all you need. When you're talking about Raw, now, even though it, it's weird, and I, I think you know what I'm saying, that, that there's more, there's less spots, but more TV time to fill. So if you're going to get an Asuka-level spot, where in NXT you would have to wrestle two matches a month, on Raw you've got to do that every week. And with a limited amount of opponents... And with a limited amount of things you can do, it's a lot more to sustain an undefeated streak, uh, a main event spot, whatever it is. It's a lot more to sustain that on the main roster than it is to sustain that in NXT. No, I totally agree. And it's written for a different crowd. Yeah. You know, the NXT crowd is going to be really into, you know, hot moves and, uh, and really big competitive matches and a lot of you know, the mainstream audience is looking for some Gaga, you know, they want the big fancy entrance sets and pyro and fireworks and storylines and maybe a little more humor that they, they try to cater to everything. And, and you can see that just in the writing and the, and you can obviously tell, okay, this has Vince's fingerprints on it and this doesn't. And the concern is not will the audience dig Oscar, but will Vince know how to present Oscar to where the audience digs her? And I still think that's to be determined. Right. I, I would agree with you. So, uh, and then, you know, I guess before we move on entirely from the women, the pre-show match they said is Alicia Fox versus Sasha Banks, which is a shame because 
you know, Sasha Banks fits right into the category we were just talking about of people who come from NXT and like... I was on here, you know, a couple years ago talking about Sasha Banks, my favorite wrestler, Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, and she's had however many women's titles reigns, but none of them have lasted more than a couple weeks, and and it just hasn't, she hasn't had her time, and and now she's going to be on the pre-show, so I would hope that Sasha Banks will beat Alicia Fox, but I wouldn't guarantee that because... She hasn't beaten Alicia Fox every time they've they've competed, so I well, I, I don't know. I think we can guarantee it this time. I would yeah. hope so. I would hope so. I think they've got to worry about the next pay per view and and getting Sasha ready for what's next. And yeah. it's hard for you to be on top all the time. I think a lot of people kind of miss this because Rick got sick, but Charlotte wasn't booked for SummerSlam. You know, mm. she didn't have a match for SummerSlam. She was still going to be in town, and she was going to have appearances and such but she didn't have a match on the second biggest show of the year and that doesn't that doesn't mean that the company doesn't value her or that they lost confidence in her it just means hey we're only going to do x amount x amount of of women's matches and we've got to feature other people eventually so this is the time and and i feel like that's kind of what this is for sasha i'd be willing to bet anything that she's in a featured spot come survivor series and I think that's a good point, especially with Charlotte, because you look at Charlotte and where she fits on the SmackDown roster and everything, and I think it's obvious to anybody that really looks at it that she is going to be the dominant woman on SmackDown, but she's in a position where there's no... She should win the SmackDown Women's Championship and just keep it forever. And you go, okay, well, yeah, I can't disagree with that. So why would we give it to her as soon as she gets there? We got That means nothing for... Nothing for Natty, nothing for Naomi, nothing for anybody else because we can't have them beat Charlotte, so we've got to take our time. Um, and I think that's probably what they're doing. So let's talk about let's let's talk about the match we alluded to earlier. Uh, the match that I think has a lot of people talking, which is uh, the the Halloween Demon <laughs> Finn Balor uh, against Sister Abigail Bray Wyatt. Uh, who, by the way, I don't know if you had your sound on for the Sister Abigail promo review this week. It was the same promo as last week, but the voice had been changed. So it wasn't so much like a, like like the Scream guy who had a, a, a voice box in front of his voice, but the voice had been altered to sound much more feminine. How would you describe his look at Sister Abigail? When he's in the Sister Abigail garb, Yeah, how would you describe that? Well, I, I think if 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 Vince McMahon saw the movie The Ring and was terrified of the little girl that comes out of the well and out of the TV screen, and he goes, I, I, I want, that's what I want, that's what I want, and I know the perfect guy to do it, and he picks Bray Wyatt, and everybody goes, well, were you picking Wyndham Rotunda to, to play the, the ring girl? And he's like, well, of course, yeah, no duh. And that's that, I think, would be the garb. That would be the garb. It would be it would be Bray Wyatt dressed as the girl from the ring. Uh, and then maybe they put the veil over the face just to kind of disguise the fact that he's got a giant beard <laughs> that's kind of throwing everything off. You know, when I saw this, I couldn't help but wonder, well, first, you know, I thought, who booked this shit? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, as, I, as I was look watching it and then when we spoke and I knew I was going to talk about it with you, uh, on the podcast this week, 
I was thinking about how great it would be. Like, I was thinking of Bruce Pritchard's justification for it if he had created it. I mean, it goes, it's because it's right up there with Undertaker versus Undertaker with the, you know, smoke coming out of the coffin. It's stuff that like, and honestly, that stuff is stuff that I got a kick out of. And I told Bruce this on the show and I wouldn't like, I got a kick out of all that stuff as a kid. I was, you know, is 94. I was like 11 years old and I loved all that ridiculous Undertaker stuff that was happening back then. So I don't know. Maybe if I'm 11 years old right now, I think Bray Wyatt in a dress versus pumpkin spice Finn Balor is the greatest thing ever because it's so crazy and weird. But yeah, I mean, I watch it and I, and I, and I, and I watch it optimistically. And I think to myself, like, you know, I would probably, if I were in the position to, to book things and to write storylines and suggest things, I would probably at some point suggest some completely crazy shit. Like I would probably try to pass off something like this. But but then this week when I saw, you know, the Finn Balor is the orange demon and then they officially like they officially said it's Sister Abigail versus the demon. I went, oh, this this can't be real life anymore. You know, I thought two things when I saw this. I thought, number one, I really hope that his dad was the agent who had to explain this to him. <laughs> okay, son. Here's what I'll, I mean. That, that visual is hilarious to me. Yeah, yeah. But, but then secondly, when I saw what they were doing with Finn Balor, I thought Kevin Dunn just got Snapchat. I mean, that's how they. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean the way they were doing the way what? he was shifting into the demon within yeah. his in-ring promo, even though obviously it was like the zoom in, so you couldn't see the crowd anymore, and yeah. Yeah, he got Snapchat, and they were like, or maybe Michael Hayes figured out, and he said, hey, <laughs> what about that old Snapchat? What if he just looks right at the camera, and it swipes right, and boom, he's got on new paint. <laughs> we can make a Snapchat filter for TLC at the pay-per-view. Doot, doot, doot. That's the way I think that went down. I think it's, I think it's very, very possible. I also, part of me was like, you know what? This could be, they'll never admit to it, but this could be the WWE trying to get progressive. This could be them saying, you know what? This whole idea of gender identity. And, oh my gosh. And, yeah, no, that's what I thought. I said gender fluidity, gender identity, uh, 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 trans Americans, like all this stuff. It's very topical right now. It's very in the news. Um, um, and this And this could be, the WWE's way of saying, hey, you know, we never said what gender Bray Wyatt was officially. Like, how dare you judge that? Well, I feel like they did that 22 years ago with Goldust. So <laughs> if that's the way they're going with this, that Goldust comes out and claims his spot as the first intergender wrestler. Wouldn't that be great if, if, if Goldust first was mad at Finn Balor because of the paint thing, and now he's mad at Bray Wyatt for being intergender? <laughs> like, that's, like, you guys are both just stealing my thing. He's such an innovator. <laughs> so how do you think how do you think this plays out? Obviously, you know, Finn Balor's gonna come out in the orange and black and, and it's October, so that'll be fine. Um but but does does Bray Wyatt come out like in like a spooky looking dress and does he does he wrestle as as a as a woman? Well, I don't know what that means. Right. Uh, I, I, I don't know what they're doing with this, but I do know one thing. Bray Wyatt is not winning. It doesn't feel like Bray Wyatt ever wins 
Uh, whenever they put him in these spots, he's been in a featured spot since he's been called up, but he consistently loses the big one. And Finn Balor is is in need of a push here. It feels like he's kind of been lost in the shuffle since he came back from his injury last year. It may be the worst timed injury in the modern era, don't you think? Yeah, I really do because, you know, you look at these, even Seth Rollins' injury, like Seth, as much as the, 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 the comeback, I don't, I don't think it was it was timed properly with when he was a bad guy and when he was a good guy, but it was still like he came back and he was right there with Roman Reigns and it was like he was probably bigger than he was when he left. Yeah, the, the Finn Balor thing to... Because to, the problem is that when Finn Balor came to the main roster, he was on this like real slow build. Like before he won the Universal title, he had only wrestled a few times on the main roster. He He was not exposed to that level. He, he had beaten Roman Reigns, and then he took a couple weeks off, and then he was back, and then he won the Universal Championship. And it was kind of like, wow, Finn Balor only shows up to big matches, and when he wrestles big matches, he wins, and he's the first Universal Champion. And then without defending it, he has to drop it. And I almost feel like because he was still building and he hadn't, he, he was just about to cash in on on, on, on the first main roster build because he didn't officially cash it in it's almost as if it hasn't been acknowledged that that's where his momentum was before he left after last year's SummerSlam no, I think that's a great point and I think he needs a win here and I do see him uh coming out ahead here I don't think it's necessary for Bray Wyatt I think Bray is um you know solid in his positioning just because he's been at this spot for so long but it doesn't feel like they want to reward him with the big one here. And I don't think they really have everything flushed out on Sister Abigail. I'm not sold on the fact that we're not going to see another character there this weekend. I'm not sold on the fact that it's actually going to be Bray. Uh, I, I know he's going to wrestle Bray, but I think Sister Abigail may make an appearance. I'm not sold on the fact that this is just an alter ego. I think there's going to be more to it. There will be some hijinks here. It's at least intriguing enough for me to watch, but I am going to watch feeling like this is the next chapter of WrestleCrap. <laughs> yeah, this, oh, although I <laughs> although I, I badly want a, want a Sister Abigail action figure. They made an Isaac Yankum. They made a Shockmaster. I don't know why they wouldn't make a Sister Abigail. It is interesting, though. You bring up this idea that there could be another entity, another person, something else to flesh this out, and the reason why I think that that's interesting is because we know it'll be something new because... All the other Wyatts are now officially spoken for. Braun Strowman is obviously spoken for. And as of the last two weeks on SmackDown, the new Bludgeon Brothers are spoken for. So it's not like Luke Harper comes out in the Sister Abigail outfit or Eric Rowan comes back. Like Eric Rowan, Luke Harper, and Braun Strowman are all spoken for. So should there be another person associated with Bray Wyatt at this pay-per-view, it'll be somebody new to that picture. Well, and if it is somebody new, then you've got to think that that's going to mean that Bray comes out victorious or whatever Sister Abigail becomes is victorious. And that builds towards a SummerSlam payoff with the demon against whatever this is. So I just think they've, they've given themselves a lot of opportunity to pivot and do something different. And I hope that's what they do. I hope that we don't have, you know, Harry Saturn out there in a dress. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
I mean, this goes one of two ways. It goes, like you said, it's either Perry Saturn and address uh, the Bray Wyatt portion of his career, or this is way outside the box, but this is just something that occurred to me as something that, like, you know, if it were up to me, I would at least consider it. Like, there is... You're looking at, at strong possibility of Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and you have to get there. But in the meantime, you've got Brock, and you've got a, two more giant pay-per-views before WrestleMania, at least. Survivor Series is spoken for. You've got Royal Rumble, and one would think that Brock Lesnar will still be champion, and so he would have a singles match at Royal Rumble. I don't think it's so insane crazy to believe that they're going to spend, this isn't, you know, Bray's big moment, but they're going to go ahead and give Bray some victories and as a holdover, as just something for Brock to do before he goes to WrestleMania, that Bray Wyatt ends up in the Brock Lesnar match at the Royal Rumble. And it's it's outside the box and it would take a lot of work between now and then, but it would start with whatever this is, Bray Wyatt coming out victoriously at this pay-per-view. Well, I think that's a great point because I don't think that they're going to try to create some situation where, and I know a lot of people want to see, I've seen a lot of people saying we should see Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. I think that just results in you killing Finn right now. Right. I think right. it's underneath his belt. And I think the same could be said about AJ Styles. I don't think even if they did some sort of crossover because of the match with gender, I don't know that you want to, throw AJ in there against Brock and not say at a, at a seemingly throwaway pay-per-view because that feels like it could be a SummerSlam main event. It feels like it could be a WrestleMania main event, probably not this year, but there's nothing wrong with thinking, wow, it could be Brock and AJ next year at SummerSlam on top. I could get behind that. Yeah. I mean, I think that Brock's match, whatever it be, the last match before WrestleMania has got to be like, it's got to have a certain amount of build because it's a Brock Lesnar match, but at the same time, since we're all going to know inevitably what's happening, it right. can't it can't be one of those fantasy matches. I'm totally I, I I would hate it to find like if I if I start smelling that they're building towards a Finn Balor Brock Lesnar match for like Royal Rumble, well, then, for Fastlane or like, for Fastlane, right? Then that's that's a huge disappointment. Missed. Yeah, because because then it's not it's not it's not an upgrade not for an Finn upgrade. Balor. It's just something that we're doing in the meantime before the real Brock Lesnar match, which is Roman Reigns, obviously. Well, and, you know, people still talk about, and they'll forever talk about it, when Eddie Guerrero beat Brock Lesnar, and, and but it wasn't at, like, a featured pay-per-view. Right. And so then what they talk about is the WrestleMania moment when it's Eddie and it's Chris Benoit hugging in the ring. People remember that moment, I think, more fondly than they do when Eddie actually won the belt. And so I don't think if you win the belt on a fast lane, that people are, you know, 20 years from now saying, oh, remember at Fastlane 2018? No, nobody <laughs> does. Right. Hey, remember WrestleMania 12? Yes. You know, that's easy. And, and I think that Royal Rumble and SummerSlam are just a notch below, but everybody still wants that WrestleMania moment before they even knew that was a thing. But a Fastlane moment or a TLC moment or a dismember to remember, eh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's 100% right. Um, what do you think of, of moving to Survivor Series? Because obviously the first seeds for Survivor Series were planted this week. What do you think of this potential gender versus Brock Lesnar? What do you do here? Do you put both titles on the line? Do you put one of them? Neither? Do you, how, how, do you, 
how do you handle this? And do you think it's a good idea regardless? I would just love to be a fly in the room when this goes around, because, you know, the idea, as we've heard on, on Bruce's podcast, something to wrestle is when you do the brand split, it's that these guys will never meet. And so the original thinking behind having Austin lose to Brock Lesnar on raw in an unadvertised non-promoted match was because, well, we're doing the brand split and they will, we won't have an opportunity to ever do it again. Mm-hmm. And that's so absurd knowing what we know now that it didn't really last that long. And then we see that already with the brand split here, seeing this kind of bouncing back and forth. Well, now if, if there's talk of combining the belts, which Brock did once before, I mean, it's just, it feels a little bit like, you know, the old Vince McMahon stories that we've heard for years where he just changes his mind on a whim. So I think this is probably something that all the writers are struggling with of what do we pitch? What do we not pitch? What do we present? But to me, you know, I'd go all in. I'd give them both to gender. (laughs) And you just make all this talk that we've been doing of, yeah, and then Brock gets Bray Wyatt, and obviously Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar just leave everybody scratching their heads and have gender walking out both, both titles in both hands, walking out of Survivor Series, leaving the wrestling universe, the WWE universe going, what are, what is going on? We've got Bray Wyatt in a dress. We've got Jinder with all the gold. I, what is happening? I mean, if you really want to turn it upside down and you want to get people talking and you want to have everybody tuned in to what happens next, because there is a real complaint among some fans that, well, we know Brock's not going to lose. You know, so it's like, even when he's in here against all odds, once it became apparent, okay, he's not going to the UFC, I think everybody was pretty well determined, oh, well, Brock's not going to lose. They're going to, even when they stretchered him out, like when they stretch him out in the match, in my head, because I'm a, I'm a dumbass smart mark, I say, oh, well, that means he's definitely coming back and definitely not losing. Right. Like, <laughs> works, because we've watched this enough. And so I feel like most people would say, oh, well, they're going to make it non-title, because Brock's just going to run through gender or they're going to make it title for title, but there'll be some sort of schmoz finish or they're just going to give both belts to Brock and just totally abandon. But what if gender won? Like to me, that adds a whole new wrinkle. What if gender won? Because now you don't have the pressure of who's going to be the guy to beat Brock. And is it really predictable now that it's going to be Brock and Roman at SummerSlam? And can Brock have to, does he have to win the Royal Rumble? in order to earn a title shot against gender at fast lane. And then that said something, everything's upside down. It changes the course of everything. And if we've learned anything from Vince Russo is that everybody loves a swerve. (laughs) Of course they do. And I'll tell you this, Conrad, this is why this is genius. And I hope the right people are listening to this because you, my friend just solved the entire, how do we get Roman Reigns to not get booed at WrestleMania scenario? Well, put him in there with gender. You got <laughs> put him in there with gender. What if instead of what if what if the 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 unclimbable mountain instead of being Brock Lesnar is Jinder Mahal in the last match at WrestleMania? I mean, to me, it's a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. Very obvious, right? Right, crystal clear. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I, I don't think that's what they're going to do, but I do think that a lot of times what we remember as wrestling fans are the things we never thought we would see. And so I remember being, I was in the crowd in new Orleans when Brock Lesnar beat the undertaker. And so it was, you could hear a pin drop and everybody looks around and feels like, Oh, they messed up. 
something happened that wasn't supposed to happen. We weren't supposed to see that. Like they're going to restart the match or the undertaker was legitimately unconscious and the ref felt like he had to count three or there's some sort of snafu here. They're going to restart this because that was not intended. And then the graphic comes up and it shows the record with a one at the end. And you're like, wait a minute. Is that, is this, oh, it's over. This is really it. That was the end. And it was such a shocking moment that I do think that wrestling could be ready for that. And, you know, Brock's been this unstoppable monster, but what if somebody beat him in the first 60 seconds, but, and it was legitimate. Right. It's not Goldberg. It's somebody who you're like, wait a minute, I'm going to see that guy tomorrow night. Like that worked with Goldberg. And I think the reason it worked so well with Goldberg is because people didn't expect it. And you go back a couple years prior to that. And John Cena was in the main event against some at SummerSlam against Brock and Brock gave him the F five right away very soon. And it looked like, Oh God, he's going to pin him like in the first minute. What are they doing? And of course that's the one where he did all the counting of the suplexes and it was just total domination. People weren't ready for that. Well, the way you make gender here is he gets a win, and it's maybe without the the Bollywood boys. Maybe it is just outsmarting him, but what if he debuts some sort of new move, and that move, you know, is the one thing that is the kryptonite for Brock Lesnar? I'm not saying that's going to happen. But but if you want to turn everything upside down, that'll do it. And and I love love that that you have learned from Bruce Pritchard, because to me, after listening to your podcast— I feel like you just did the quintessential, what if? Well, yeah. what if? You know, and I think that that's an important thing. Before I let you get back to your life, uh, Conrad, because you've been very generous with your time, I want to know your opinion on uh, on, 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 on what's going on, not necessarily storyline-wise, but with, with the Ring of Honor boys, with the Bullet Club boys, there is this uh, debate, conversation. It's more of a conversation happening where... It kind of started with Cody Rhodes putting out a promo where he said, I'm the biggest draw in professional wrestling today, which I think is more wrestling promo than actual a guy saying it because you you can't actually make that claim legitimately, you know, just based on on ticket sales, of course. But, But the question does pop up that with these guys leaving WWE with the the amount of money that, that some, not all, some specific big name indie guys are getting. There was a Vice article that came out, uh, you know, this week that this is the competition for WWE, that there is, and it's not necessarily one organization. It's not like Ring of Honor or The Bullet Club is the WWE's competition. The competition is the industry that exists outside of WWE and this idea that that you're not, uh, you're not beholden to them. Uh, in my mind... I don't think that that's competition to WWE. I think that there is truth, that there there is work outside of WWE now more than there has been since WCW and ECW went away. The, the indie wrestling is, and, and you know, you use the term indie loosely because there's New Japan and there's Ring of Honor and there's legitimate organizations that wouldn't necessarily be indie organizations, but but collective wrestling outside of WWE is bigger now than it has been since WCW. I don't think that it can be referred to as competition because in no way, shape, or form do I find it to be a threat to WWE. And I think, in my opinion, any person that gets into the wrestling business on some level is going to want to be in WWE. They're going to want to have those moments. They're going to want to have the run 
that AJ Styles, for instance, is having right now. Like there, there is a big difference when you look at at AJ Styles. You know, he's he's he he you know obviously crushed in TNA for years, and then was the biggest star in New Japan. He was the Kenny Omega of his day, and then he comes to WWE, and as big as he was over there. He's a bigger superstar now than he ever has been. He's had WrestleMania moments. He's held the WWE Championship, which still means something. And it's still the title that a lot of fans today grew up with. And and that is that that's that thing that when you're a kid, you dream about being in WWE. And that's why you become a wrestler. And things change, and that's that's for sure. But that's why I don't think it's competition. But I do think that we can acknowledge that there are more options uh, than there ever have been outside of WWE. What do you What do you think? Is it Is it competition? Well, yes and no. Now, I guess the way we should answer this is competition in what regard? In competition of competing for the same audience? No, it's not. Competition for competing for the same talent? Yes, because now all of a sudden talent has an option. Once upon a time, it was. When are you going to be back on TV again? When are you going to go to the big leagues? When are you going to, because people perceive if you're not on USA network or if you're not on the CW or you're not on UPN or whatever the network is, if you're not on one of those shows, then you're still kind of in the minor leagues. But the reason that connotation was there was because there was a lack of television with the internet changing the way it has to where so many people now stream everything that it has sort of leveled the playing field. The barrier of entry for wrestling companies for a long time was to get that elusive TV deal. But to be honest, the TV deal wasn't really what you were after. It was the eyeballs that you could then sell your stuff to. And now the internet has sort of leveled that out to where people can create their own. And so you've got being the elite now, which does really good numbers. And you've got podcasts like this show that do really good numbers. And you can kind of get your message out that way without needing the vehicle of a cable network deal. So I don't think they're necessarily competing for eyeballs because the WWE dwarfs everybody, but you are competing for the employee. And so you've got a guy like a Neville who had success on the Indies, but everybody knew, Hey, if you really want to be a quote unquote superstar, then you need to get to the WWE. And so what does superstar mean? Does it mean having an action figure? Does it mean being on TV? Does it mean having two commas in your W2 or your 1099? So you've got all these different measurements as to what that is. But a lot of those guys were there long enough to have all of that. Cody Rhodes had two dozen action figures and it was on posters and pay-per-views and did national television spots. And he's done all of that stuff, but then he decided, you know what? The juice isn't worth the squeeze. I'd rather be in control myself and just roll the dice. And even if I can't make as much money, I'll be happy. And the result has been not only is he happier, but he's making more money. And I feel like that has given guys like Austin Aries and Neville and maybe more right behind it to say, you know what? I don't have to do this. So I think the WWE has to compete for those people now that maybe they didn't have to a few years ago because everybody thought, well, this is the only place. This is the only option. But now there's been groundwork laid. You don't need WWE merchandise. Pro Wrestling Tees, an independent company in Chicago, will be the vehicle to help you get there. And oh, by the way, you make more money on your shirts that you sell there. So you may not sell as many shirts, but you'll make more money because you're making more per shirt. And so all of that stuff has created an environment to where I do think the WWE is in competition with these other opportunities, 
when it comes to the employee, but certainly not in competition for the viewer because they're still dwarfing everybody globally uh, in every category. And so I'd, I'd understand the, uh, the idea of nobody's competition for WWE, for the consumer dollar, I get that, or the consumer eyeball, but they are very much in competition to keep the guys. And I think we'll continue to see that. I think you will now see, you know, based on what Austin Aries and Neville are able to go do, you'll start to see more guys follow suit with this and feel like I'm in control of my own destiny. And it almost becomes like this old territorial system, except in a weird way, pro wrestling tease is the new NWA, (laughs) but it's real. You know, these guys have worked themselves in now to, I, I don't collect them, but I know there's those like Funko pops that people are so crazy for when the bullet club has that dude, that's not indie level stuff. And that's coming to hot topic next year. And those guys were hustlers. Kudos to the young bucks for making that happen. And I know Bruce and a lot of other old school guys don't get it and they're not a fan of it, but you have to respect the hustle and, and what these guys have been able to put together without having the machine behind them. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw that as a game changer too. When I saw that, when I saw them tweet out that they had Funko Pops coming, I was like, I didn't even collect the the things, but like, that's about at this moment as legit as it gets, and 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 they're doing it, and it's pretty amazing to see. But you know, I think that it correlates to the way the world works. Wrestling kind of follows right along suit with the way the world works, and and in the best case scenario, they're ahead of it, but sometimes they follow it. And I think you know, the Attitude Era was the Attitude Era because it matched. The culture, it matched Beavis and Butthead and Jerry Springer and Jackass, and it, and it matched that. And now things are more sensitive on the show because things are more sensitive in the culture. But when you look at business, it's not just in the wrestling world. I mean, look at what's happened with podcasts. You know, there was a, a time when you'd be crazy to say, well, all I want is a deal with, like, CBS Radio or whatever big radio company it is. But, you know, Conrad, you could speak to it. If most podcast networks came to you and said, hey, I want you to bring your shows over to my podcast network, they'd have to make you a hell of a deal for it to be worthwhile because of what your people like you and, and me, frankly, are able to do independently without without having to deal with anything. Yeah, and you're exactly right. You know, because when my first introduction to being, you know, in the podcast game, so to speak, was with CBS Radio. They rolled out the platform Play.it. And uh, we did Woo Nation with Ric Flair, and I was privy to all the numbers and the downloads and the revenue and, and the books and the way all that worked. And something to wrestle does a multiple of that in every category without the platform, without the machine. And yes, there is some creativity involved. Yes, we book our own shows, and yes, we do sell t shirts. And yes, we call and thank you when you pick one up at BruceRichard.com. And <laughs> yes, you can save on your mortgage over at SaveWithBruce.com. However, the, the, the amount of money involved is, is much, much greater. And it's because we were able to kind of control our own destiny. And, and I think that is the way the world is now. You look at Uber, where now you don't have to have giant taxi cab companies. Now you've just got a dude with a Ford Edge who's got free time and he's your, and he's your transportation. And you don't have to go to Marriott.com. You can do an Airbnb and just rent a dude's condo. And so it, the whole world is going that way. And the Bullet Club and the Young Bucks and Cody, and now I guess Austin Aries and Neville and guys like that are going to be able to pile on and make their own way. And that's what made wrestling great in the 50s and 60s and 70s and early 80s. And then it all kind of got gobbled up. And now 
maybe the internet has kind of leveled the ground, the, the playing field for everyone. And I don't think anybody expected that to be the case. No, I mean, they say wrestling is, is cyclical, but I don't think they realized how big the actual cycle is that we may be on a 30, 40 year cycle that's about to come back around again. Uh, well, listen, Conrad, uh, uh, I've, I've, I've taken up enough of your time. I, I appreciate you being so generous. Of course, if you don't know by now, uh, I think I've turned uh, a lot of you guys onto it. And if I haven't yet, then take my word for it. And I'm sure you've been entertained uh, by Conrad for the last hour or so. But you can hear Conrad on something to wrestle uh, with Bruce Pritchard uh, every Friday. And, of course, uh, what happened when with Tony Schiavone every Monday. And if you're a Survivor fan, I guess check out the uh, Johnny Fairplay podcast as well, right? Yeah, I can't believe that's a thing. This is my first <laughs> year watching Survivor, but Johnny Fairplay is a character and a half, and I'm enjoying uh, playing his straight man. Uh, he embarrasses himself every Wednesday night over at uh, survivalofthefairest.com. So if you're into Survivor, check that out. But if not, you can check out WHW Monday for Tony Schiavone and all things Jim Crockett and WCW and of course, the main event, Friday noon's main event, is somethingtowrestle.com. Uh, and our next episode, uh, we've got a kind of a fun run here coming. But we're going to be talking about Doink. And I know you grew up in that era as a fan, so you, you'll have a good time with this one, Sam. Doink. Oh, my God. I've been waiting. Like, I, I, I just, like, my jaws agape right now because I didn't finish last week's yet. And, like, that's one. Because, to me, the first incarnate, Matt Bourne Doink, is one of the most underrated and best characters that, and, and I think people might say that I'm a maniac for saying this, but one of the most underrated and best characters that WWF had. And I mean, I think it was, it was the best part of WrestleMania nine was the, was the reveal of the second doink and, and that, that short run. And I'm sure you'll get into the, the stuff that you did with doink after Matt Bourne, but uh, I am, you know, I when when you have guests on shows, you sometimes have to pretend to be enthusiastic for the things that they do. <laughs> but I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to hearing you guys break down the career of Doink in WWF. I, I this is this is going to be one of my favorites, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's been a controversial topic because I've wanted it for a long time because I'm just fascinated with you know whose idea it was, sure, what the idea sure. behind the character was, the way it was all put together. But it got lots and lots and lots of pushback where people just didn't thought it was absurd that I wanted to hear it. But he <laughs> won in overwhelming fashion this week. So we're going to cover the life and times of Doink the Clown. And I'm pretty fired up about it. And you being in on this uh, makes me feel better. It makes me feel not so alone in my love of Doink. Dude, I'm so, I'm so in. And, like, this will probably be – I usually give – I give each podcast I listen from beginning to end, which yours is the only show that I do that for – uh, especially every week, this one might actually get a double listen just so I can just so I can soak in all the doinkness. You can follow Conrad at Hey Hey It's Conrad, uh, and thanks so much, man. Hey, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on. You know, I have no business being here. You normally have you know professional wrestler guests on here, people who've been in the business. Uh, I'm just uh, a fan from Alabama who got lucky with the podcast, and it means a lot to be invited. I really appreciate it. Well, for sure, man. And I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely have you back because this was a blast. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. And on the way out, I want to say a big thank you again to WWE 2K18 for sponsoring today's episode, the biggest video game franchise in WWE history. 
is back with WWE 2K18 featuring cover superstar Seth Rollins. WWE 2K18 promises to bring you closer to the ring than ever before with hard-hitting action, new game modes, deep creation capabilities, and more. Do what I did. Learn everything there is to know about WWE 2K18 at WWE.2K.com. WWE 2K18 is available now. Get your copy today. I will see you next week here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, or if you're one of the lucky ones to get tickets, this Tuesday, October 24th, with Bully Ray at the Highline Ballroom. Highlineballroom.com for tickets. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.